You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Friday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Streets. My name is JJ Jackson. On the program with me today, Kim Berry and Brant Daughtry. And we've got a really fun Friday show planned for you here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. We'll be talking about the Auburn Tigers as they get set for another scrimmage today. Later this evening, we'll hear from the offensive and defensive coordinators for the coaching staff to see how the football team is doing as they continue to progress through fall camp. We'll also be able to talk about the Braves, who open up a series with the Houston Astros this weekend in Atlanta. A rematch yeah. of last year's World Series. That's really fun and exciting. And then just weekend festivities. We have completed our SEC previews, so today we're going to touch on a couple of other conferences to get everyone prepared for the college football world coming up. We'll talk about the ACC and the Pac-12 Coming up on today's edition of Sports Call, we've got birthdays in sports, a nightly TV guide, and we've got your phone calls, 334-887-3401. I do want to say thank you to uh, Mr. Ryan LaVoy and Brant Daughtry for holding down the fort yesterday here on Auburn's First and Auburn's Favorite as I was away with Auburn University Soccer as they had their first match of the season. They won 1-0 over Old Dominion. Anna Haddock scored the lone goal for the Auburn Tigers. They were victorious last night. Uh, also, we've got high school football off and rolling. And after our show goes off the year today, the Beauregard Hornets take the field. They're taking on Selma. So very, very, very busy Friday. And it gets started here on Sports Call. JJ, Brant, and Cam. Hey, guys. Howdy. Hello there. How are things? Brant, how are you today? Th- things are great, man. I'm uh, really happy to be here. Like you said, Ryan and I had a, a really fun show yesterday. Uh did our second annual college football superlative Let's just thing? Let's make this a thing. I'm yeah, all, I'm all about thing. making yeah, about cool. making it a thing because I mean you're gonna be you're gonna have to be out of the office like some days. So I'll have games come yeah. up and yeah. So yeah, I mean we can we can do this to start every academic year, I guess. So. Yeah. Uh, and, and had a lot of fun doing it. Um, Last it, year, it was a volleyball match that I it? had. I went when I was listening. It was like, okay, why was I not there for the Ryan and Brant superlative show? I had a volleyball match. This year I had a soccer match. Remind me, was that, because I told this to Ryan, I think, before the show started, I think that was my first time being on the show for the full three hours. Potentially could have been. At the start, you didn't act like it was. Because at the start of the program, it was you, Ryan, and Javon. Was it? And Javon was only there for one hour, and then he had to go to a high school football game for us. Okay. 
And then the last two hours, it was just the two of you and you jumped into the superlatives. Yeah. So it very well could have been and you didn't let the world know that it was your first show. Yeah, Yeah, because I I remember the first time I was on the show. You were sounding like you had a lot of confidence when I was listening to it. I did just the third hour. Uh, and that was a show that we had, you know, a couple of guests come into the studio. Right. And I came on for the for the final hour. And it, I think it was just me and you that day. But could have been. Uh, it, it was it, that, that was a lot of fun doing it. Uh, getting back to more recent events. Uh, that was a that was a, a very fun show to do. Uh, we we touched on a lot of teams that I just hadn't thought about a whole lot. And uh, we'll get to more of that today. That's what we I'm get to sure. do now, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, I learned a lot about the BYU Cougars <laughs> of all teams. They have like 19 of their 22 starters Sheesh. coming back. So, uh, you know, it, just a just a fun look around uh, college football as a whole. And yeah, it, you talked about uh, the Atlanta Braves um, taking three out of four from the Mets in Atlanta after losing three out of four to the Mets in New York. So, uh, it's it's going to come down to the wire that division. It feels like so. That's going to be a lot of fun, and you know we're we're going to talk about that and the scrimmage today. This scrimmage is going to be huge for the quarterback position, I think, and you know we'll we'll have callers calling in about that, I'm sure. So we'll we've got a loaded show today. Got a lot of things to talk about. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one. Cam, how are you? I am great. Uh, enjoying a amazing Friday. Ready for an eventful weekend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be busy up in Huntsville with the with the old girlfriend, but. Um, yeah, I mean, like Brant said, the Braves, you know, great, great comeback, you know, series, um, I guess to needed it. Yeah. I mean, just more than anything, just needed to prove that they could hang with the Mets because they have been the division leaders through the entire, um, season. Um, so I I think that was more of a message, you know, just kind of say, you know, the Braves are like, we're coming, you know, they're three and a half games back now. Um, and there's 42 games left in the season. So it, it's it's going to come down to the wire, and that that's definitely something that we should all keep an eye on. Um, and then they're playing the Astros, you know, repeat of the World Series, hopefully. You know, Astros are a very, very good team, um, as much as I think everybody hates to admit. They yeah. have had, even after their cheating season, they've had continued success. Um and yeah, did you guys see their score yesterday? I did not. It was like twenty three to six. The wasn't Astros it? beat the White Sox by a score of twenty one to five. My yeah. goodness, they won twenty one to five. They uh, are. They're playing that, really good baseball. Yeah, they're the best I, team I, in the American yep, League. Yeah. The Yankees are absolutely slumping. Yeah, yeah. they're falling. So apart. the Astros the are, are holding on to that big time. And Will Smith is going to be running out of the visiting bullpen at some point this weekend Man, at Truist Park, which is going to be is different. Yeah, weird. And he's going to go one two three. <laughs> and it's going to break. Probably oh, going to happen. He's going to break Braves Twitter. Oh my gosh! Especially with the you know, Odorizzi had a rough start um, the other day, and he kind of yeah. he he kind of got back into it, and and I think he went five innings. But that beginning whew, that and that was the one game that uh, we did drop against the Mets. But yeah, uh, Odorizzi had a tough start. Um, so I was glad he was able to bounce back. But yeah, if he goes one two, uh, if Will Smith goes one two three. <laughs> Brace Twitter is going to be yeah. like, what, what do that's, you want, man? <laughs> I guess going back to the Astros, I guess that's the thing that makes me more upset than anything is that they're a really good baseball team. They are. They did not they, need they to cheat to win a World Series. Right. They need to cheat to and win they, a World Series. And they did anyway. And that's what ticks me off the most is like, you could have just been a good team full of likable guys. Like, I loved Jose Altuve. I also did. Uh, before, before all of that came Short out. But now team. I just, everything about that organization is tainted. And they've had this year, like you've got 
familiar faces on that Astros team. I also love Dusty that Baker. aren't there anymore. Dusty Baker is an awesome manager, fun guy to root for. But like Carlos Correa was the number one overall pick yeah. in yeah. the 2012 draft. He went and got absolutely paid, paid by the Minnesota Twins. He doesn't play for the Astros anymore. Nope. You lose your starting shortstop, you're fine. George Springer was your leadoff batter and all-star outfielder. He went Blue and Jays. took a paycheck from the Blue Jays. Yep. Doesn't matter. They're still able to figure it out, and other guys are stepping up for Houston. Just still wild. have Altuve, yeah, still have just, Bregman. Yeah, that's that's the that's the good thing about having a lot of good players is that you can lose a, like one or two good players and still be really good. Still have that's Justin. What I think the Braves are trying to do. I mean, they're, they're locking down all these young guys to long term deals. Oh, and, I, and I love it. Like yeah. Michael Harris getting paid. I was like, I'm with that because it's it's investing in our future, and and that was something that. Everybody, and I think we can all agree, is is something that Atlanta sports have nev- has never been really good at, is investing in our players that we've already had, that we've homegrown. You know, we gave I, Freddie, I mean, he was with us for the longest. Obviously, you know, that didn't end up working out. But investing in all these young guys to create some continuity to build off of the World Series that we had last year, um, you know, trying to create, like, a, I mean, a dynasty. Yep. And, and I am all for it i'm absolutely loving it we'll see what can happen this weekend when the atlanta braves take on the astros still trying to get back in to that national league eastern division race they took three out of four against the new york mets about a little bit over a month and a half remaining in the season the braves currently three and a half games back of the new york mets but here's a good stat for you the braves are nine and one in their last 10 games, yep. the New York Mets Heck are 6-4. Yeah. and four. So hopefully they keep the good baseball being played. Three home games against the Astros here this weekend. All right, before we get to our first break, during today's program, let's celebrate our birthdays in sports. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. Indeed it is. Time for birthdays in sports here today on Friday, August 19th, 2022. Kirk Cousins is turning 34 years old. Quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. Two-star recruit out of Michigan, Cousins attended Michigan State. Starting three years for the Spartans, Kirk Cousins led the Spartans to a share of the Big Ten Championship in 2010 and led them to their first ever Big Ten Championship game in 2011. He was taken in the fourth round of the 2012 draft by the Redskins, became the starter in 2015, and is set to begin his 11th season as the starter in Minnesota. A three-time Pro Bowler, Kirk Cousins is 34 years old today. You like that? You guys remember like, that infamous rant that he has oh, yeah. when he does walked off like, the field? It feels like Kirk Cousins should be way older than he is. Yeah. I feel like he's been playing a lot longer than 11 years in the you're, NFL. You're right, though. I feel it. His name's always been around, especially you know in Washington. I just Kirk Cousins is such a weird guy to talk about, in my opinion, just because you know, the measurement that when we talk about him, is he good? Is he bad? Like, nobody really knows. He's just kind of in the middle. But right. I like him. Is it because, I mean, look at the Washington years. RG3 was there before yeah, Kirk RG3 Cousins. was the guy. And really, Kirk Cousins was a fourth-round pick, as we said. Doesn't get an opportunity until RG3 gets hurt. Yep. And then you're sitting there thinking, is Kirk Cousins really going to have the longer career than the rookie started. of the year in RG3? Yeah. And now he's still playing, and RG3's doing television. So happy birthday, Kirk Cousins. Who's 34? Patrick Chung is 35, a former NFL safety, mostly with the New England Patriots, born in Jamaica, 
Moved to California when he was 10 years old. A two-time All-League selection, he attended Oregon, where he redshirted before becoming a starter in 2005. Drafted 34th overall in the 2009 draft by the New England Patriots. He is a three-time Super Bowl champion. One of those safeties that just wants to knock your head off. Yeah, a real, real headhunter. Patrick Chung, man, what a guy. Chung. 35 years old. We've got Morton Anderson celebrating his birthday today. 62 for Morton Anderson, the former NFL kicker. He was a soccer player for most of his high school career, only kicking football in his senior year. So impressive that in one year, he earned a scholarship to Michigan State, set several records, including a Big Ten record 63-yard field goal against Ohio State. Named an All-American in 1981. Signed with the Saints in 1982. Guys, listen to this. Morton Anderson played 25 seasons in the NFL. Jeez, and at the end that of his career, held the records for most games. Played most game winners. Oldest player to score in a game. Most points scored in a career, among several others. A seven-time Pro Bowler. Five-time All-Pro. Two-time Golden Toe Award winner and a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Morton Anderson is 62 years old today. And man. was just only very recently passed by Adam Vinatieri as the yep. all-time leading scorer. But, man, man. It, it, it probably... It, it's Vinatieri is the greatest kicker of all time. Yeah. But He's Anderson, on the Mount Rushmore. Anderson, Anderson is second, yeah. I think. Yeah, Mount Rushmore of kickers, certainly. Yeah. We'll see where Justin Tucker oh, is at yeah. the end of his career, but... Hey, he's kind of the only challenger and right now. Similar, you know, you're you're reading the bio there that you just heard. Coming. 62 years old, he didn't start kicking until his senior year of high school. Yeah, was predominantly a soccer player. That's the story in yeah. youth sports across the world. I mean, at my school, I vividly remember. Shout out Thomas Blake, y'all give him some love. A soccer player that just so happened to turn into a high school kick because we needed one. Oh, like yeah. Nobody we, needs that. Our, our kicker was a soccer player. Our kicker was also a soccer player. Look at that. Look at that. You just need one sometimes. You're like, who's on the soccer team? Who wants to do this? All you got to do is throw some pads on name? and go out and kick. Tyler Knowles, I think, was his name. Yeah. Our Very good Money kicker. went on to a, kick at UNC. I mean, it, it did a really good job. Yeah, a couple sure. of 40-plus yarders for us. You know? Ours was Eric Fuentes. Shout out to all these high school kickers. Whatever they're doing in their life now. Yeah. Hope he ended up going well. to Georgia Southern. Got an offer to kick, but he just didn't want to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just let's, wanted to go uh, to Southern. Let's nah. take our first time out. When we come back, retired Ward M. Steve joins the show next on Sports Call. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call Auburn. All right, welcome back into the program here on WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM. Let's tell you this, the Sports Call podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure that you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. Good stuff. J.J. Jackson here inside the studio today with Cam Berry and Brant Daughtry. On this fine Friday, loveliest village here on the Plains, 
taking your phone calls, 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 9 tiger 9 again, to be on our show. Gentlemen, let's go to our phone lines for the first time during today's program. And uh, Zeus, who's called into the show today? Terry from Auburn. All right, Terry from Auburn is on the line. What's going on, Terry? Doing great, guys. How y'all doing? Very well. Thank you for asking. Fantastic. Um, guys, I got one for y'all. Our, our uh, kicker in my senior in high school was a foreign exchange student. From no Finland. kidding. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, for some reason, he picked me to befriend. I don't know why, but I'm glad he did. <laughs> so he, went back, he went back to Finland and now has nine children. Wow. Uh, how about that? How about that? <laughs> well, that, 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 there's, there's, there's two sets of triplets. If that gives you okay. anything. Wow. Okay. okay. So, what are the odds <laughs> of even that happening? Right. Well, he's in Finland. That's yes. all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know if I can say this on the air or not, but he, uh, he, the first time he came to me in the dressing room, he walked to me and he tapped me on the shoulder. He said, excuse me, friend, where am I to person gather a piss around here? <laughs> that was his first that and that and it was and it was a friendship born for that i love it so, i love it you know, and it was a great soccer players you guys but how many times have you guys heard i've heard it several times they're having trial soccer trial kicking trials all over campus oh yeah so you know i've got a beautiful situation with anders carlson and that kid they brought in i can't remember his name but alex mcpherson uh, yeah he's got a brother kicks the nfl doesn't correct he? yep yep and uh he's pretty special looking now Hopefully, we, you know the offense is, scores no points. We ain't got to do a lot of kicking, but right. hey, we'll see. You know, right? I'm all, I'm continue to be amused by these knuckleheads out there. Think we're going to win with great defense? I just don't understand the line of thinking there in 2022. You don't win with great defense no more. You don't. You get the days of winning games 12 to nine are done. They're over with. You don't do that no more because the kids that play offense want to get on ESPN and they want to get to the NFL. And the way you do that is through offense. And it, it, it bothers me that, that when people bring up, well, we're going to be really good on defense. Well, the defense, and all the, the, the greatest defense in the world can only assure you of a tie. Yeah, I mean, you've yeah. got to find a way to, to score points offensively. Yeah. I will say this past year we saw the Georgia Bulldogs with one hell of a defense. Uh, oh, yeah. They were able to score a lot of points themselves on defensive takeaways. That resulted in touchdowns. But it has turned into such an offensive game all the way starting at the top at the NFL level. It's strictly a passing game now and the NFL you kind of see it pattern its way down uh from time to time in the sport yeah Terry honestly I'm I'm with you I think that you know like you say I I think that teams can still win with great defense it's just in these days great defense is not 12 points it's 21 or 24 yeah I mean I'm not saying you you can win with with a terrible defense that's just not what I'm saying at all but you can win with an average one yeah so I just, but you better have an above average. I look at Auburn's best year, twenty ten. The defense was what average, pretty good at best. Then the, the, the defense, the offense was just phenomenal. Correct, right? I mean, the Cam Newtons were only come along once in a lifetime, right? Right. So I just, I, and in thirteen, the offense was the dominant factor. The defense was pretty good, but the correct. offense was dominant. I just, I just irritates me when I hear people say, "Well, we got to play good defense." No, they get out of nineteen eighty. <laughs> you know, because that's that's you know. I mean, I know in my my junior seniors in high school, the coach put all the best athletes on defense, you know, because, you know, we ran the wishbone. You couldn't run the wishbone for nothing nowadays unless you want to go eight and three, which is what Army and Navy does. Right. So and I just, the, the scrimmage, what do you, who do you guys personally expect to be the starting quarterback against Mercer? 
in the last couple of days, my opinion has shifted. I, I was very solidly leaning towards Calzada. Uh, mm-hmm. Right now, I don't know. I still think if you held a gun to my head and said pick one, I still think I'd pick Calzada, but I'm less sure than I was. And I would pick TJ Finley. Going into the month, I, I yeah. kind of just felt like he was the experienced guy. We made some monthly predictions before it even got started, and it just felt to me like the experience of TJ Finley was going to be a big thing with Calzada coming off that surgery. Cam, you and I were the yeah. only guys that – uh, predicted TJ Finley to be that guy. Yeah, I went with uh, Finley as well, just because of his experience. I I think that eventually it could and will be Calzada, um, but I think that Harson is going to give TJ a shot uh, to kind of show that in a real life game situation that he's improved and um, give him the opportunity to show what he can do and prove that he's he's the starting quarterback um, that we you know that will lead us. Play Finley and let him let him miss receivers by three feet. And let him start throwing the ball closer to the guy in the opposite color jersey. And then people will realize that it needs to be Calzada. If, that, if you're going to go that way, that's who it needs to be. It really yeah. needs to be Robbie Ashford because he's he can, he's a playmaker. And with the athleticism in this league, especially on defense, you're going to have a guy that can make people miss, can make things happen, can turn a, a negative into a positive. And Robbie Ashford's the only guy on that on that offense and the quarterback just could do that. And that's what he's had. That's just another lesson Harson's going to learn, just like he learned some lessons last year. See, 28-point lead gone against Mississippi State. <laughs> that one still hurts. That, that still that still stings. I mean, I'm still on that one. And there, here we are a year later. I'm still talking. It just bothers me. It's going to forever bother me. And I, I think Leach is going to struggle in, in because this is teams start figuring out his offense a second and third time around. Please tell me you're not a Falcons fan too, Terry. Um, no, not really. Okay, yeah. Having that twenty-eight to three <laughs> lead in the Super Bowl, hey, I, I, I'm not a Falcons fan, but I just can't imagine what it would be like. But oh, you had to bring it up yeah, anyway. I need it. I mean, that's you what you think to, of when like, you think twenty-eight three. You think well, about not anymore. You felt the the need sorry, to bring guys. that up. <laughs> I wouldn't be comfortable with twenty-three with Tom Brady on the other sideline. <laughs> yeah. No, and look, I wasn't either. Like in in that game, I was not. Like I, I, I hate to revisit something that happened what seven years ago now, but I, I just I every t- I remember looking back on it and going, it's not over. It's not over yet, and yeah, I made lo, the lo and behold. To, I made the trip out to Pasadena back in 2013 to watch Auburn and Florida State. Did you? And and I did. And uh, and I remember telling, turning to the gentleman next to me, sitting next to me, I said, they scored too quickly. They can't stop them. They scored too quickly. Trey Mason should have dove down to the ground about the eight-yard line. Yeah. Now, now naturally, you, when you're running the ball, you don't think of that. Yeah, right. I was, I was about to say, it's... goes down last year, they beat Alabama. Yeah. It, it's very easy to, to you know, sit here with hindsight being twenty twenty and say, well, he should have, could have, would have. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've always thought, you know, in 2013, let's look at another one. Auburn did not need a touchdown to beat Georgia. They needed a field no. goal. So, right. and Georgia almost scored at the end of that game. Uh, so what if Georgia did score? Auburn loses that game. After that miracle touchdown, well, we'd all say, well, Ricardo Lewis should have gone down at the goal line and kicked a field goal. But, <laughs> you know, it, it, it is what it is because of what we have. And, you know, I, I, I'm i sitting here and I'm thinking, Zach Calzada was good last year. He wasn't great, but he was good. TJ Finley was inaccurate, but he never yes. made poor decisions. And Robbie Ashford hadn't played a game, hasn't played a down of football yet where the game was in any kind of question. Yep. So right. it's it, the the problem is not that TJ Finley is bad, even though I don't think he's the best quarterback in the world. The problem is that you just don't know what you have until you see him all live, and you're not going to be able to do that until the season. Now they do scrimmage today, and if if the if one of those guys can separate themselves by having a good scrimmage today, then so be it. Uh, but I, I'm I'm with you. I think that 
either TJ Finley has improved a ton or Auburn's in a lot of trouble. Now, can we can we drop the Jason Campbell comparisons, please? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I understand. I understand where you're coming from with that. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm. If he improves a ton, I'm willing to compare him to Jason Campbell, but I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, and I'm not willing to do that at all. I'm not willing to do that at all. Because Jason Campbell is surrounded by superior talent. No matter if T.J. Finley has got better, that talent on that roster is not near as good as what Jason Campbell had. Not even close. Nothing yeah. against those young men down there, but the offensive line, the receivers, the running backs, nowhere near as good. Good team in 04, no, not for even sure. close. I'm I sorry. Think the defense. Good team. It was a very good team in 04, absolutely. A lot of yeah, talent I mean, on that. I'll give you Tank Bigsby and Jock West Hunter, but Carnell and Ronnie. But, you know, some of the receivers, Courtney Taylor had a great year. Ben Obamanu, those Roma guys. Yeah. Roma, yeah, Anthony Mix. Yeah, just it's just it's just unfair to compare something that happened what twenty years ago. So, uh, let me ask you guys last question. Yeah. Uh, if there's a hook, if 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 TJ Finley is a starter, how short do you think the hook is? I think it's really short. For you're saying for TJ as a starting for, for quarterback. Yeah, I I I think uh, if he if he makes a few too many mistakes, especially against like you know, the likes of Mercer or San Jose State, then definitely um, he's. we're going to look towards Calzada. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but, I mean, I just think they're just going to be under a microscope. I mean, everything that they do, right. especially, you know, if, if TJ is the starter, then he's going to be under a microscope. And, and if he's not executing to the point that Harson likes – Mm-hmm. Um, the offense, then, yeah, you know, he'll turn to Calzada and say, well, you saw what he did. See if you can do it better. Well, play Finley and let him screw it up. Maybe we can go use a real football coach to get Run Harson back to Idaho and let him pick some more potatoes. I mean, Take I get guys. it. I mean, I get it. You know, I get I, I get, get the I, I get the, the, the criticism of TJ, especially with how things turned out last year. Um, his his accuracy wasn't good at all. Like It, it was – there were just some games where it was just frustrating to see where he was just missing these easy throws that, that I mean, just quite frankly should have been completed, especially against like Houston at the end of the season, we could have won that game by two or three touchdowns. The best part of all of this, we get some answers in 15 days, 15 days away from the start of the Auburn football season. Terry, really good to hear from you. Hope that you have a great weekend. We'll get some more phone calls in here. 334-887-3401. That was Terry from Auburn. Next up, we've got... Jeff from Columbus. Jeff has called into the program. What's going on, Jeff? Hey, nothing. How y'all guys doing today? Very good. well. Right, good to hear sir. from great. you. I'm, I, yeah, I'm glad it's Friday. Hey, I know you said that's Terry from Auburn, but... Seriously, that's got to be the same Terry that was from Talladega. It's 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 it is the same person. Yeah, I've got Zeus introing him as both Terry from Talladega and Terry from Auburn. But uh, yeah, I was about to say that they're one in the same. Can be that nobody can uh, uh, be that uh, down on Auburn and still in two different places, unless it's Shadow from somewhere (laughs) from wherever. (laughs) Yeah, but hey, I'm I've got a couple. I hate to sound like Steve, but you know he's a real popular. Let me let me run this by you. I saw this on the internet the other day, and I mean, I haven't been able to call in, but I saw a story. He always tells who the author is, but I don't know who it's from. But it's about the fan bases for each school, each college, and who would you think has the most college football fans? I mean, it's what team? Would you think has the most college football fans? Alabama. Yeah, I, w- yeah. I would say I, I would immediately Alabama. go to Alabama. Not even close. Really? They're number eight. Yes. 
Well, this look at here. looking at brands. Hey. If if I can just guess yeah. a couple of, I'd say Notre Dame, maybe USC, okay. Michigan, right? Nope. Ohio, Ohio State. State. This, is, this okay. There you go. Ohio. Ah. But guess guess many they how many they have. Isn't that what Steve says? He likes for y'all to guess. So I'll waste some time and yeah. have y'all guess. It's unfortunate <laughs> that I've no, cheated I, now, Jeff, and yeah. I found your research yeah, okay. here. You did. It's okay. from Sports 11, Illustrated. Yeah. Is that maybe it's the same article? Eleven point two million. Correct. Okay. Yeah, and I'm seeing Alabama okay. down and at eighth in the country. Far, right, but look, Ohio State has four million more than second place Notre Dame. Right. How is that possible? Yeah. I mean, I, I really, I mean, that just seems outrageous. And of course, Alabama has five point three four million. Okay, so they have half as many fans. Is Ohio State. So I don't know how they do the research or what. But being that Alabama has 0.34 million people, guess what that means? You all want to take a guess? Nobody tell wants me. to take a guess? Let's not waste any time. Yeah, tell me. Isn't that what you say? Tell me, Steve. <laughs> that means there are 5.34 million Alabama fans that do not give a hoot how many people in the state of Alabama or what they come from go to Auburn University. Nobody cares about that. Steve, what did he come up with? Some county has so many. I mean, is that what Auburn fans are grasping for now? We've given up on football. We're a basketball Now we're calling in. Hey, Jeff, Jeff, school. Jeff. It's, it, yeah. Auburn has always been the smaller of the two schools. It's always been the smaller of the two big schools in the state. And Auburn now has more counties that it covers than Alabama does. Every county has more students from that go to Auburn than Alabama. That's what Steve was saying. I know exactly what he's saying, but I'm also telling who cares on a sports talk show? You know what I'm saying? Well, this is an that, Auburn show only, as much as it is a sports show. I got you. Well. And I, I'm, I'm giving I you know. a hard time, but I do see what you're saying. I know. Okay. But I'm, I'm saying – as a matter of fact, like how many fans does Auburn have? They they have similar there. They have three point two seven million. Okay, so that well, what that tell me is three million two hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine Auburn don't care how many students from what county go to the Auburn University. There's one fan, and that's Steve, and he's making it up because he doesn't talk football. I guess I know he does, but he's. He's already down in the dumps. What did he say? He went out on a limb and he picked beating Georgia, and and you do it every yeah, year. Steve. Mark my word, you, yeah, is what is how yeah. he framed it. Yeah, yeah. Mark my words, okay. And I'll mark his words just like I do every year. He says, "Oh, we're going to go pay, play the puppies. Going to go play the puppies," and they lose. Right? It's been, yeah. It's we've lost to Georgia way too much, Jeff. We've lost to him way too much over the years. So, but. But we you know, got something to look up to because you've got more county from more counties going to Auburn University than going to Alabama. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm going to. I get sure where you're I coming from. I, I, you know, there, the it might be a little snarky in tone, but I, I, I do pick up that uh, it feels like sometimes no. we're grasping for things. I, I want to I, let people I, know I was this was again a study by strategy consultant T.J. Altimore where he went and ranked college football programs with the largest fan base, Ohio State, with over 11 million fans. 
Alabama 8th at 5.34. The Auburn Tigers tied with Tennessee in that 15 and 16 spot with 3.27 million. What else is there to do in Ohio? Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess. And, but there are pro teams also, in Ohio. That's what's interesting. Yeah, the Browns and Cincinnati. Yeah, you, you do have Cleveland. the Bengals. You do have the Bengals. I mean, I guess the population of Ohio is something that I'm just not picking up on because um, you know, uh, it, to me, it's you know more of a rural. There are several large cities in Ohio, right? And they've been there forever. So, uh, so I'm sure the population is going to be probably. What twice or three times? It's funny. I, I Google. I Google the state of Ohio population, and the first number that comes up from the 2020 census is 11.68 million, which is the same number provided for the study. <laughs> but think about it. Yeah. There are two major yeah. colleges in Alabama that you're choosing from. Yeah. There are a ton yeah. of professional teams across all four major sports in the state of Ohio, but. You're just Ohio. I mean, I don't know that there are any Bobcat fans walking yeah. around there. From a, a few, Ohio. but Toledo yeah. Rocket fans. I don't know that they're loud and proud, um, but uh, very oh, much so pro in favor of the Ohio State Buckeyes. So there's 400,000 other fans in the whole state. That's crazy. Isn't it? But then again, <laughs> I don't think there's I don't think there's 400 fans in the whole state of North Dakota. You know, so uh, it, it could be. And the same 2020 you know, census that Google put together, 4.8 million, the population for the state of Alabama. And so the Crimson Tide number of fans greater than that. And so there's a little bit of the Alabama importing. reach outside of the state. Yeah, they're importing them, sir. Hey, um, also, uh, yesterday Terry had said that Georgia was overrated. And um, I, I guess that means... I guess what they're going by is the ranking because, like you say, for Georgia to finish number three and Alabama to finish, finish number one, it'd be the – well, they could only have one loss, and that would be the Alabama and the SEC championship, and then they'd win their bowl game, right? So, Most likely, yeah, so something like make, that. Yeah, so to make Georgia overrated, what does that mean? If they – we're going to win ten games. Georgia – when was the last time – hasn't won 10 games you know so winning 10 games are you still an overrated team just because you won a national championship the year before it's a new thing that georgia fans are going to have to figure out now that they've got that title yeah it is a fair question to ask though jeff yeah and and like i say it's a it's a bad problem to have but i have it so and and i uh, mean it's the same thing clemson last year were so down on what clemson did a season ago they didn't win the acc and yet they finished the year with the 10 win season did they really yeah and people thought that the perception was that clemson was absolutely lousy and you look dabo with another 10 one year yep how many games did they play they didn't play in the acc champ so lost two games 13 i think yeah 10 and 3 Oh, so who were the three? Do you know their three losses? I believe it was Pitt, Georgia, and NC State. Oh, NC State. State. Furry first Georgia game of the year, Georgia played Clemson. Remember? Oh, that's exactly right. I'm sorry, they all run together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they won. They won on a pick six, didn't they? It was yeah. like twenty to thirteen. Yeah, no, something. It was closer than what I wanted. It, it was be, one of the most boring games yeah. of football that we saw <laughs> last year to start the year. It was. It was. I was just glad to be on the winning end of it. 
now I forgot about it. But, right. Yeah. 10-3 uh, was uh, the uh, final score of that 10-3, game. 10-3, not 20-13. Yeah. Yeah. It gave, gave both offenses way too much credit. And, yes, again, Ugh. they lost to Georgia, <laughs> NC State, and Pitt. Yeah. Didn't you all just have this conversation with Terry that you're not going to have like that anymore? You broke up right there. Low Say that again, Jeff. Games? Yeah. Well, didn't you just have that conversation with Terry that we're not going to have these low-scoring games anymore? To, to be fair, we did say that Georgia's defense last year was an anomaly. Yeah, but, when, he, yeah. when he brought that up, I made sure to praise the Georgia defense because I'm like, look, that you know team what, was J- silly good. JJ, I know I was on hold at the time, and then I threw that in there just for me. I, I was saying, look at my boy go for it. <laughs> yeah. I knew you I'm speaking for you from hey. time to time, Jeff. Yes, sir. Let me get some hey, other folks I'm in here. I hope you have a good weekend, yes, all right? You too. We'll talk to y'all later. All right. Bye now. That's our good buddy Jeff from Columbus. I love that guy. Love his energy. Love getting people back on the program now that football season is right around the corner. And really interesting evidence looking at those fan bases and uh, a variety of other topics. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger 9 Luke from Alex City. Luke is on the line. What's going on, Luke? Hey, guys. How are y'all? Very well. Thanks hey, for asking. Thanks going? for the call. Good. Um, yeah, a couple of things. First of all, I, I think Jeff did hit on a good point about Terry speaking in absolutes about the defense not winning anymore. Uh, number one, I mean, Georgia is a pretty good example of last year. That 10-3 to game uh, certainly was a, you know, it was the first game of the season, but it was still a 10-3 to game, and the defense uh, was the only unit for Georgia or for either team that scored a touchdown right. in that game. And then last year, uh, the Iron Bowl, I know it ended up being 24-22, but most of the points were scored in the overtimes. So, I mean, Great point. The three with, with two minutes to go. So, I, I mean, it's, yes, I mean, I understand what he's saying, but to say it's never going to happen again, it's going to happen again. I mean, these, these things are cyclical just like everything else. And um, it, you can have the best offense in the world. I mean, Mississippi State's got a pretty potent offense, and they've got an offensive-minded coach. Um, but uh, Alabama has shut them out what the first year Mike Leach was uh, coaching so two years ago in Mississippi State, at Mississippi State. So um, it's, you know, a good defense can beat a good offense sometimes and, and vice versa. It depends on how wide the talent gap is usually. But um, the other thing you guys were talking about, Ohio, I'm pretty, I have pretty intimate knowledge of it because I have three children that uh, grew up in Columbus, and so I've been there a lot. That's right. And it doesn't make – it doesn't – uh, shocked me at all that Ohio State is number one on that list. I mean, if there's any state that is galvanized by its its lone team, I would say it's Ohio State. I mean, it's a big state. It's not just Cincinnati and Cleveland. Uh, Columbus is really the test market for just about everything. I mean, I think Wendy started there. Um, all these other places. Yeah, Columbus is huge. As yeah, a, view it as a spot to. Uh, test market all of their new stuff because they feel like it's a pretty nice cross-section of the population. And so Columbus doesn't only, all they had is the Blue Jackets, but uh, it is still a pretty big city. Even Akron and Dayton are pretty big cities. Dayton, you know, of course, hosts the first four in the NCAA tournament, but they have no other competition. They, they don't have an Auburn. Uh, you know, same thing can be said for Louisiana, certainly, but um, Louisiana is not as big as Ohio. And it's, it's just, you know, Texas has A&M and Houston and Texas on down the line. But Ohio is probably the biggest state that doesn't have, you know, a Michigan-Michigan state type thing within its own boundaries. And I think that's where that comes from. No, I think it is a great point to be made and just that state is, I mean, 
the population was kind of surprising to look at how many people are there in that area and the big cities that are in Canton, Ohio, even. Uh, you got the Pro Football Hall of Fame up there. A lot They love football up in Ohio. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. And it, it's certainly uh, a high school football up there is a lot of fun. It's, I don't think it compares to high school football down here. And I can't, I'm going to be calling that Auburn Hoover game tonight. Looking forward to that. And then rushing back to LXC to do the scoreboard show. So, uh, a lot of unbelievable games. I went to the Mountain Brook Vestavia game last night. It was just good to have it back. But one final point, um, you know, Jeff did bring up, I didn't know where he was going with all this, but it finally came to me uh, where he was talking about Steve and calling in and the various uh, statistics about, you know, Auburn fans, you know, more women than Alabama, more men, and, and Auburn right. more that make X amount of dollars. And my first thought was, I mean, that, that's good. That, that's great. You have some more fans that make X amount of dollars. It kind of makes you wonder why your NIL isn't working quite so well. Fair to ask. Yeah. So, uh, all right, guys. Y'all have a great day. Have a good time tonight at the game, Luke. We appreciate the phone call. That's uh, Luke from Alex City. And, again, he will be on uh, the call for Auburn High and Hoover to start. What a massive, massive game that is in the state of Alabama to kick off this football season and the scoreboard show a little bit later tonight here in the Auburn area as well. Good stuff. 334-887-3401. His name is retired Lord Amp Steve, and he will join us to start the next hour of our program. We've got a long break. A lot of people with call-outs for our good pal Steve. It's his turn Steve, to rebuttal a little bit. They are coming for you, Steve. We've got everybody's back. I'm on everybody's <laughs> team all the time. I love this time of year. It's absolutely great. Alongside Brant Daughtry and Cam Berry, my name is JJ Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call gets started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Cam Berry and Brant Daughtry on this Friday. First Friday of the high school football season. Later tonight, 7 o'clock here on Tiger 95.9 FM. We have Beauregard and Selma on the gridiron. Timpson and company back on the mic. And Brant, they're one of the most entertaining high school broadcasts that you can listen to. Absolutely they are. Love Timpson, love the boys. Uh, Timpson, you know, that guy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Fun guy, to, really fun guy to call a game with. Yes. I called a couple with him uh 
uh, last year, uh, especially uh, during basketball season and baseball season. Oh yeah. Uh, and and he's just a lot of fun, and you know the the guys that are with him, right? Uh, they're, I mean they they are as Beauregard as they come, baby. They love their Hornets, and they're gonna, they bring that passion to the microphone. So which is perfect. Absolutely, it makes it easy to listen to Timson, Bill May, Rusty Henson, Seth Fuller, Tucker Simmons, Brooks Childress will be on hand. Brant Daughtry is going to be inside our studio. I mean, it's going to be absolutely awesome. Pre-game you won't hear me, but I'll be here. Starts at six thirty. Kickoff set for seven. First Friday night of the year here in the Alabama High School Athletic Association. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at one 9 tiger 9 We've had a lot of phone calls in hour number one, some calls directed at our next caller, and we're going to bring him on the program now. Here he is. Ward Dam Steve. Our good buddy, retired Ward Dam Steve, here with us on a fun Friday. Hello, Steve. Good afternoon, and it is a fun Friday, isn't it? Yes, indeed. Hi, right, Mr. Camberry and Mr. Brent Daughtry. Yes, sir. What's up? Good to have you guys on the uh, on the radio show as well. So, uh, it must be football season uh, because the trash talking has begun. Yeah, and you've been asking for this, Steve. That's what makes this so great. We've heard from Terry and Jeff and Luke already on the program. Everybody's right. getting into football mode. I'll get to those usual suspects in a second. But first, <laughs> I'd like to have uh, your permission just real quickly to play a uh, audio clip uh, from yesterday that uh, I just wanted to uh, let you uh, hear it, and for the audience to hear it, uh, for listening. Go for uh, it. Uh, here we go, folks. There's Auburn on the attack. Crossover by Haddock. The shot. Back in the net. First goal of the season for Anna. Were you able to hear that? I, I recognize the voice, Steve. Yeah, Anna Haddock. Thank you for that. That was my uh, my goal call on the SEC Network Plus. Yeah, you really, you know, to, you need to give them more, a little more, more passion uh, <laughs> in the future. I'll calls. pick it up a little bit. Yeah, big uh, win for that, Auburn last night. Yeah, uh, and uh, that was a really good, uh, uh, exciting uh, call that you made there. Thank you. Uh, I'm to listen to your voice there. Uh, I think you must really enjoy uh, going to those uh, games and making the uh, the, uh, the the broadcast that you uh, do then. Exactly, and, and the highlights are always fun to go back and listen and critique myself how I can get better in that sort of thing. I got to good control room that's making it possible and working with Mac Matthews is always very entertaining and fun. So we had a good time. Just a, uh, just an observation. Uh, you may want to maybe consider kicking up a notch when uh, we do score goals, uh, like the uh, Hispanic, uh, you know, uh, broadcast. Goal! 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 Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I have the lung endurance to pull something off like that. All right. Now, let's get to the, the, the trash-talking fun stuff. Come on, guys. You know, uh, first, Jeff, I heard your comments. Come on, man. Look, you and I can disagree about the team uh, that, that we pull for, uh, the trash-talking. However, it's a little bit really going over the top. When I think I heard uh, Jeff uh, call me out for making up information, did he say that? I don't know. For, I, I can't recall him saying that in particular. I'd have to go back and listen to it. Yeah, well, he was breaking up. I thought he said Steve's making up stuff. Okay, um, if I misheard that, fine. If I did not, then, hey, Jeff, look, man, the facts that I come up with are not mine. 
Okay, they're based on reliable and credible yeah. uh, sources. He, you know, to his credit, he did point out that you know he said, "Hey, Steve always tells you who the author of this article is." So you you do give us uh, information on where you're finding these things. So they're not my numbers. They're somebody else's numbers uh, that I trust. I did the research. All right, numbers Going don't on, lie. God. Only those who interpret them do. That's that's right. That's a retired Lord Am Steve classic saying. I've I've heard that one over the years. Mr. Luke, man. Uh, come on, man, look, uh, I get where you were coming from uh, about the NIL thing and trying to, uh, in a slight kind of way to dislike uh, the, uh, the income the information that I, I pointed out. Because I was having fun with, you know, if you want to be an Alabama fan, uh, go to Burger King. And then you mentioned <laughs> the NIL. Well, you know, those are false equivalencies, Luke. Okay, the NIL deals and what the graduates who attended a certain university uh, make, uh, or false equivalencies. I'll give an exhibit A for that, why I say that. Okay. Conviction. Okay. Let's take Jacksonville State. They got the number one recruit committed to them, right? And it wasn't because of their fan base having a much higher level of income than Alabama's or Auburn's fan base, because I'm sure that they don't, because they have a smaller uh, student population, but it was called of an outsider. Uh, called Barstool, who fronted up the money. Am right. I not correct about that? For Jackson State, yeah, Deion Sanders' team. I think you said Jacksonville State at the start. Okay, but yeah, Jackson, Jackson State. State, yes, Yeah, in so Mississippi. That, for me right there, would dispute or refute your want to make a comparison. Well, if Auburn's graduates make that kind of income, then what's wrong with their NIL? And by the way, from what I've been reading from the FA Department, the NIL are apparently uh, doing uh, much better than they have been. So I just want to Bring that to you, Luke, okay? All right. Moving on, guys. Uh, people have been talking about Terry for, uh, from uh, Auburn or from Talladega. I'm not sure which one you, you want to adhere to. Um, but, Terry, you said the defense really can't, uh, I guess, be that impactful uh, these days in, in winning games. Well, Mr. Stat Tiger would say, not so fast, my friend. And here's where he's coming from. Uh, we have a really, he says, a, a really, really stout defense coming back uh, this year. But here's what happened to the games last year that kept us from winning probably four of the last five losses okay. that we had. He said, during four of Auburn's last five losses, the defense held opponents to 36% below their scoring average, providing an opportunity for victory. But then he went on to a stat that I was not really, um, I guess, that attuned to or aware of, and he calls it stop percentage. Now, this category is when it comes to defense, priority is limiting the opponent's scoring. That includes their possessions in punting, turnovers, and loss on downs. This is what it's called stop percentage. Well, here's what happened last year, guys, in terms of that ability to do that. Auburn's stop percentage from 1992 to 2021 in conference play was almost 60%. Last year's defense had a stop percentage of 48.5. Okay? Right. Uh, that's not good. And then he goes on to this. You know, the, the last time Auburn won the SEC West in 2017, our defense was ranked number four in stop percentages, num- number of uh, touchdowns allowed. Do you know what our defense was ranked last year in that same category? What was that? Not too good. We were ranked number 19 among the past 30 Auburn defenses in that category. 
So that may explain why we had those four of those five losses. That's a really fair and, argument to be made. Yeah, when you're comparing Auburn defenses, like Auburn to Auburn, you're not comparing Auburn to the rest of the world, just Auburn to Auburn over the last 30. If last year's team was 19th out of that 30, yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. I'd rather it be one of the top 10 defenses over the last 30 seasons. So with that having said, I'm pointing out to you, Terry, and anybody else listening, defense really does matter, okay? Um, because if you can keep the other team from making touchdowns, all they have to do is for field goals, then what does our uh, offense have to do? Yeah. Kick more field goals? Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, that's what he wanted to stat Tiger. Now, what I want to point out to you guys, okay? And the other factor that also Stat Tiger brought up is that you can have a fantastic and an elite quarterback. However, it will mean very little impactful in terms of wins when your receivers are not at the same level. Uh, and that's for that example last year. You know, uh, yes, Finley did overthrow a lot of people, but even when uh, our guy, when Bo Nix was playing, we had a lot of drops that should have been dropped. And so if you have receivers that are dropping passes thrown right to them, then your quarterback is not the reason that you lost the games. Give an example, prime example. Jeff, I'm talking to you. In the championship game, when did Alabama begin to actually be in danger of losing the game? When was it? When they lost two of their top receivers. Am I not correct on that? And that game they were without John Mechie and uh, Jamison Williams in the title game. Right. Didn't you see a sudden, all of a sudden, drop-off in the offense being able to move the ball? Sure, yeah. So I suspect, Jeff, that had that not happened, probably Alabama would have come up on top. Now, having said that, I'll do a little trash talking with you as well, Jeff. Look, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for your team that they finally beat Alabama and you won the championship, but it took you over 40 years to do it. So I doubt I'll be alive uh, for the next 40th you know, anniversary of your winning another championship. Okay? So having said that, let's move on, guys. Uh, I saw a rather... Uh, concerning and troubling uh, a blogger's posting uh, yesterday and uh, this morning about uh, our Tank Bigsby uh, running back. Have you seen those comments and concerns? I have not. Have you guys seen anything today about Tank Bigsby? No, I haven't. Uh, I, I've seen something. It was what? on uh, the On3 message board, and somebody said that they saw Tank in a boot, but uh, there's no credibility to that. Everybody, everybody who has actually seen Tank has said, no, he's not wearing a boot. No, that's not what I was coming to. Apparently there's some rumors floating around that Tank maybe had a broken collarbone. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. That's the one that yeah. I meant. And, yeah, it, no, Tank does not have a broken collarbone. No, he, he is, does not. He's, he's, a little, he's, he's a little dinged up uh, from what people have said. He may or may not scrimmage today is how I read it. Uh, so I, Tank's, Tank will be fine. Tank is, well, as fact, of the moment, fine. Yeah, Christian Clemente said he was a stinger. Ah, yeah. That's that's so, that's a not fun, but survivable. Yeah, that that's that's a one week at the most type of injury. Yeah. So my question to you guys is, what what would be the the necessity, even the the point of Coach Harzen and the all the coaches for having some of your star players uh, risk injury uh, prior uh, to to the games by you know having these scrimmages and having him being participated? You know, I, I remember uh, reading that uh, Bo Jackson didn't do it. So I'm just wondering, why don't they just sit him out? 
because uh, there's nobody on this team to the level of Bo Jackson. But uh, to answer your question in a more serious way, yeah. uh, it, you you need you need actual football yeah. reps to get real, ready for yeah. actual football, real life game. You experience. you cannot you cannot coast through a fall practice and then play a game of football. Even though I understand Mercer is an FCS school, you can't. If you don't do that, you're more likely to get hurt when the actual game rolls yep. around. Got to simulate it. Okay, I'm just thinking, well, you know what Tate can do. Why risk anything? Because he's, he's yeah, got to get ready, too. And, and you, he's yeah, got to get ready. He has not been in full contact since last season. And you can't put him above anybody else on the team. That's just, uh, especially, that's just not how Harson seems to operate. I don't think that's how Tank operates, either. Yeah, and, and Tank's, they say his work ethic is through the roof. He's not just going to sit there and, you know, just sit out just because, you know, he's one of the star players and we need him. I mean... It just is okay. what it is. All right, so fair enough. Uh, speaking of live action, guys, I uh, read from Jason Caldwell uh, about something that uh, I'd, I'd like to see if they would do it. You know, the quarterback controversy continues, and I'll get to that real quickly. Um, and he mentioned that uh, when Nick Marshall came on board, they really didn't know what he could do, but they went live action in one of their practices in preseason. I remember and found that. Out, yeah, that. Yeah, this is our guy. Well, so I'm wondering – do you not think that maybe that should be the same formula or same recipe that hopefully the coaches are going to be doing to find out, hey, you know, I hate to bring his name up, but he's a prime example, Exhibit A. Jeremy Johnson was a great, you know, quarterback in, in practice from what I read and what I remember. But when it came to game time, he couldn't do it. Uh, Steve, I'll, I'll give you two answers. One, I think it would take more than one live practice to figure out who the better quarterback is. And you're not going to do that. And two, I don't think Brian Harson is the kind of guy to ever let his quarterbacks go live. He is a quarterback guy, and quarterback guys like that usually protect the quarterbacks, which but which can is valid. You really know? Can you really know how good their you know play calling is, their decision making is, if you don't go live? No, and that's why I think you're going to have more than one quarterback play against Mercer and San Jose State. Okay. Well, speaking of that, I found this from on three. Uh, about Mr. Cole Kubling, what he thinks is happening. Have you read that uh, his comments or heard them? I've heard them. Uh, on the podcast, uh, The Hard Count with J.D. Pickle. He says, I think it's T.J. Finley's job to lose right now, mainly because he finished the season as a starter and Calzada has shoulder uh, surgery, so he didn't get a lot of reps with spring ball. As a matter of fact, he says anything that was live, uh, and even in lots of seven-on stuff, T.J. got a lot of number one reps. While Kubrick believes that Finley has the edge to start the season opening game against Mercer, he says that another candidate should step up later in the season. I still think, he says, that Calzada is more capable. I think eventually he wins the job. But as of right now, I still think Zach's got to take it from TJ if he's going to be the starter game one and start for the entire season. So I just want to bring that to your attention about, well, Coach Kubrick talked about that, uh, that controversy. Now, having said that, guys, I heard your comments. You know, if T.J. Finley were to be our starter and maybe even continue past the first or two games, would that mean that T.J. Uh, significantly improved or that Calzada has regressed? We, we can't answer that. We have no idea. It's, no. it's one of the two. It's either Calzada is not who, he, who we all we thought, thought he, he was, was. Yep. or T.J. Finley got a lot better. It may be some combination of the two. Uh, but we certainly don't know. And, and we probably won't know up. until week three, honestly. Probably. 
you know, uh, I, I tell me if this is a false, you know, equivalency or false comparison. But I remember, you know, Mr. Joe Burrow was not Heisman candidate prior to their championship season, was he? No, he's very, he was average, very average. Before. Very average in 2018. Could this be a Joe Burrow? Uh, improvement on TJ. Oh look, Steve. The reason that that's such a big deal is because it's it doesn't it's really so happen rare. like that. It's I, so I, rare. I, I'm not going to say no. It can't happen, but I'm going to say I'm not exactly putting any money on it. It's just so rare that you see a player just. You, I mean, storm. And onto here's the, here's the other the thing. Scene like that. Joe Burrow was not a Heisman candidate, but he was still okay. He was decent. He's better than TJ Finley was last Agreed. year. Agreed. Okay, well, I'm just saying because, you know, he was a transfer also, as was T.J. Finley. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, and both came – Yeah. well, anyway. Uh, also, Kel Kubik on the same podcast uh, made some comments about the attacks on uh, Harson. Did you read those or hear those comments? I did not hear what Cole had to say about that. Yeah. He said it was not disappointed. It was also he just uh, – it was reckless. Yeah. Those are his words. I would agree. Uh, and he said uh, there was no need for it. And what was really telling, guys, is when he said that apparently he said, uh, you know, I thought there was uh, more than one pe- person, you know, in the board that was having all these, you know, attacks on him. But here's what he said. He said there was a guy behind a lot of it that just for whatever reason didn't like Brian Harson and thought he should be out. I don't know what it was. Guys, were you aware that for what Cole, that it was just one person? I think it, I think it was probably one person who instigated things. I think the problem is that there are multiple people with differing opinions. And until one person can get them all pulling in the same direction, you're going to have issues like this started by multiple people. Okay. All right. Now, what about Mr. Phil Steele? And I've listened to his podcast, JJ. Now, please make some sense for me uh, logically. I saw his rankings. We're not even in his top 40 rankings, guys, his power rankings. And yet he says he, he says we're going to be one of the surprise teams he's picked and says that we probably could go eight or maybe nine wins. Yeah. Well, how do you not make the, uh, his top 40 and say that we're going to be one of his surprise teams and maybe uh, go to eight or nine even wins? Yeah, top, that- top 40 is interesting. I, I do think if you are – you know, looking at what people expect Auburn football to be, Vegas has Auburn at a six and a half win total right now on the year. Six and a half is nowhere near the top forty. You are way down there, and so uh, if Auburn does finish kind of right there outside of the top forty, or does get to that eight and four, nine and three season, then you are a surprise, and therefore Phil Steele's words to us are justified. Having said that, I don't know where Auburn would be if he were to continue down the list. But knowing where he's coming from and knowing where the outside noise and perspective of this Auburn football team is, yeah, if Auburn goes 9-3, and three, that is a major surprise uh, considering the fact that their over-under is at 6.5. We know how good Las Vegas is at making their over-unders or making any line, period. If it's 7-5 and five or 6-6, six and six, that's right where they want the team to be so you can bet back and forth. If Auburn is two wins greater than that or two wins short of that, then that's where things get kind of crazy and wild. Well, I'm just going, you know, if he was convinced and that, you know, confident about Auburn uh, for eight Yeah, wins, why wouldn't they be able to be up there in the top 40? Not make the top 40. Yeah, maybe they're 41 or 42 right there. I just See, that I just don't know, Steve. I don't know. I thought that was just really kind of odd. Okay, 
Finally, Last guys, thought for us, Steve. For, for, for those of you who believe that uh, uh, racing is a, actually a sport, today uh, is a hallmark in racing. In 1909, on this day, guys, the very first race was held at the Indianapolis Five or Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Which no kidding. Is individually, yeah, the Indianapolis Five Hundred. Wow. And that's really I significant. Know, the original track, guys, is according to the History Channel, was what a brick road. It was a brick track. Right. Made of bricks completely. Right. And, you know, they preserved part of the bricks. At the beginning, at the start, the, finish the line, yes, and then the finish line. Did not know that. Yeah, and originally it was meant to sell cars, not to be a, right. a race car competition. And now you I see the winner go that. down and kiss the bricks. Yeah, very iconic in the sport. So, there you have it, guys. Uh, I want the fresh talking to continue. Um, well, you've got Anthony coming up next, Steve. He's right after oh, you. As yeah, soon as yeah. soon as we're done Come with on. you, we go to Anthony. I want to hear Anthony. I want you. Uh, I want your bold predictions. Don't give me that, those uh, four uh, teams to play, make playoffs. I can do those as well. I don't want whippy uh, bold predictions. Uh, <laughs> same thing uh, from Jeff and from Luke. I want to hear some bold predictions. I have one additional bold prediction to make for you. Go for it. Tank Bisney will win the Heisman Trophy. I like it. That nice is very bold. bold. I like it. Thanks, Steve. There you go. Have a Thank great you weekend. You have a safe weekend. Enjoy yourselves. And until next time. War Eagle, guys. War Eagle. Our very good buddy, retired War Dam Steve, joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. 334-887-3401. Anthony from Auburn. Anthony is on Sports Call. Hey, Anthony. Hey, guys. How you guys doing? I'm very well. How about yourself? I'm doing good. You know, I'm going to tell you the truth. I had no intentions of really calling in today, but after listening to Steve, you know, I I tell you, I just got had to call in. He gets people to call in. We appreciate it. I I tell you, he got me here laughing. I done messed around and wasted my coffee in my cars, all over my cars, and seats all on the floor and everywhere else. (laughs) But it's going to be all right. (laughs) He's got us all laughing. You know, uh, this man here with this nonsense, there's absolutely no way that you're going to be holding out players out of the scrimmage if you don't get the reps and everything you need, then when you get in the game, you not, might not make the correct read. You might not block so-and-so like you should have yep. blocked. You yeah. might hit the wrong hole or, or might do something dumb or stupid. There is absolutely no way that anybody's going to be ready for any kind of game or contest anywhere, any profession you might be in, if you're an attorney or a doctor. If you ain't uh, got hands-on on a regular basis, there ain't no way you're going to be at your best. I don't know how in the world he could have come up with that. But I'll tell you what really got me going. When he going to mention uh, – Bo Jackson, gonna bring Bo Jackson in. Tank, they ain't, been, ain't a running back anywhere in the country in the last 40 years that have come close to the caliber of a Bo Jackson anywhere, period. He's one in a kind, yep. Don't, don't even do Bo Jackson like that. Don't don't even disgrace the man, uh, a legacy like that, by bringing up uh, uh, somebody else who was somewhere and ain't, ain't in the neighborhood of it. Nobody ain't seen nothing like that since then. But uh, I tell you, uh, Steve was okay when he was giving out the stats and numbers that he liked to give out every week. You know, I went along with that. That sounded reasonable and it made sense, but this nonsense he coming up with. And then talking about uh, 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 Bigsby winning the highs, don't get me wrong, Bigsby has all the intangibles, all the ingredients, everything that yeah. you need to win a Heisman, but he don't have the offensive line. The offensive line is suspect. That's why it'd be a bold prediction, Anthony. That's what he's going for. He wants a well, bold I know, I know prediction. He, I know he made the bold prediction, but he might as well just leave that alone. Are you going to give don't him a bold him. prediction because he's wanting one from you? I'm not giving one. There's a need to give him one because I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you the facts. And this is what I tell you what. Bigsby won't be nowhere near a, a, a dope walker, a, a Heisman, anything else if that offensive line don't do what it needs to do. Now, I don't, hey, if that offensive line can come out there 
and, and perform the way it needs to perform on a weekly basis, then you got a guy that has very well could get it 15, 16, maybe 17, 1800 yards, uh, possibly uh, could, could very well do that and score 25 or 35 touchdowns. But I don't see that happening. You got to have a complete team. When you're talking about doing something like that, I mean, if, if that happens, then you look at Auburn winning national title, yes, and they sir. don't have the quarterback, they don't have the offensive line, and they don't have the coaching at this moment for what y'all are talking about. I mean, you can just forget that. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, look, we'll, we'll see what this team's capable of. 15 days but, away from the first game. But I tell you what, now, if you're talking about winning Heisman, uh, I think the guy at Alabama has a legitimate shot based on the offensive line that he's going to be behind and based on the talent that, that's going to be around him. Well, he don't have to do so much. When you got that much talent yeah. going on, then I, I very well because the guy was all American at Georgia Tech. Uh, oh, you're you know, talking about Jameer Gibbs? I thought you were talking about Bryce Young winning another Heisman. No, I'm not. Well, that very well could be too for the quarterback. But I'm talking about that running back that transferred sure, in. Sure, Jameer Gibbs. Tech. I very well say he could very well win that uh, based on what he's surrounded with and the kind, of, the kind of coaching that he's getting and the place he's at. That already everything's in place for all that stuff to happen. I mean, you know, that's just what it is. He very well could could pick up sixteen, seventeen hundred yards, and and win that Heisman, be so decorated. I would have definitely agreed with that going on. But uh, as far as this nonsense down here in Auburn, talking about a tank Biggs is winning a Heisman, and you don't have an offensive line that can do it, then no, I don't see that happening. I think you're just setting yourself up to be somewhere crying and and confused and trying to figure out what happened. I'm gonna tell you, Vegas. Uh, you know, Vegas pretty much get it get it right on the nail. You said it was six and a half. Uh, what they got Auburn? Uh, uh, the win totals, yeah. Win, yeah, win totals about six and a half, seven games. That's probably basically what it's going to be. Probably going to be. But I tell you what, if they drop to the Nittany Lions, then I think Arkansas is the next game coming up, right? Uh, in terms of order of the schedule, yeah, they've got LSU and Missouri uh, before that. They've got Missouri right after Penn State. All right, they got Missouri right after. Yeah, and then LSU. Okay, well then, uh, I figure if you lose to the Nittany Lions and everything, uh, you know what, you very well may may slip, could slip up with Missouri, then you got LSU uh, waiting. And then Georgia. And then Georgia. It could be a disaster. It could, it could be a 6-6. It, six six. it could be a 5-7 and seven season, uh, what it could uh, very well we be. We hope not. You know, y'all, y'all the other day was talking about Arkansas was going to be that trap game for Bama. was going to pull off some kind of miracle and knock Bama out of the uh, off. So I just say if they do that, then I think Arkansas will go ahead and spank Auburn. So uh, it'll just be a miserable, disappointing season. It'll go rain on the Tigers. And you <laughs> would love every second, wouldn't you? I'm going to enjoy it because it's going to happen. I guarantee it. I want <laughs> All right. everybody, that can, hey, everybody can hear my voice right now on, on Radio Land. I didn't already told you. You might as well find you something else to do on Saturdays. Don't need to be uh, focused on Auburn and crying and carrying on. Go hunting if you like to hunt. Go shopping. Uh, go play a game of cards. Uh, uh, go somewhere and go bowling. Just relax and have your tall, cold beer and a, a hamburger, and don't get in no trouble and just enjoy yourself. Because if you're thinking about Auburn uh, going, uh, somebody winning Heisman this year, and somebody called in talking about it might be a national championship season or you might win ten games. Is that what you're? Uh, is that what you're telling your brother, Anthony? Yeah, huh? I said your brother's an Auburn fan, isn't he? Oh, he loves Auburn. He yeah. Can't is stuff. that what you tell him? You know, I try. You know what? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm. Yeah, that's exactly what I tell him. I love it. <laughs> you know, he he can't help himself. He just loves Auburn football. <laughs> we I, need know, to, he, Anthony. We Anthony, need to get I, him to call into the show. I, you know, it would be something. But I doubt it. he's a preacher and everything. And I highly doubt it. he. He's oh, a little okay. bit more reserved. <laughs> a little bit more reserved. <laughs> <laughs> you know, being a minister, a man of the cloth. I like understand. That. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I would I would highly doubt that though. But uh, 
I tell you, it would be nice if he did, but that probably ain't gonna happen. Uh, but guys, I tell you, they gonna scrimmage tonight. Is it tonight or tomorrow? It's already. Ha- it's this afternoon. We're about to hear about it from uh, the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. About thirty minutes. So. Well, I hope. I hope they have a clear picture with this quarterback battle. There's no sense that help everybody right out because getting close and close to this game. And I've fifteen seen, uh, days. I've seen on TV where somebody had went ahead and announced whoever they were. I mean, whatever school that was announced they starter. I don't know if it was one of those teams out west or wherever it was. Texas announced you know, their starter today. Yeah, that's what I'm referring to. People are starting to do that now, and I don't think it just need to keep dragging on. That uncertainty like that, it, it, it don't. It just looks. Uh, it don't look good. It's just dangerous. It keep on going like that for the whole team. You know. When you guys think? Absolutely, yeah. You, I want to go ahead. I want to end the speculation. Let's know who that starting quarterback is going to be and, and kind of move from there. And see what happens. Huh? That's right. That's right. You know, if, if if Finley could do it, I would like to see it. But if he can't, then I guess one of the other guys would have to step up. That's what it's going to take. Now, now he's got some kind of. Didn't y'all mention he had an injury that he was nursing? Calzada, yeah, he, yeah, he got hurt he against had, Auburn last year. Yes, had shoulder had surgery, surgery. Uh, before spring ball. And that hadn't healed completely, hundred percent, far as y'all know, right? No. Oh, Post op recovery, yeah. Wow. So well, I guess he won't be in the lineup. Uh, no, well. No, That's no, why Coach that Harson joked if we knew he was transferring to Auburn, Auburn wouldn't have banged up his shoulder in that game last year. Yeah, that is something. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> if only they knew. Who, now, the other guy, the other guy, a true freshman or redshirt freshman? Redshirt freshman, Robbie Ashford from Oregon. Okay. From Hoover from originally. And he played, wanted to come on closer to home, huh? Yep, and played baseball and football for the Oregon Ducks. A good good athlete, and now he's uh, did, now, now he's played football at Auburn. Well, did he start out there last year? Or he didn't do anything out there last year. Redshirted, did not take the oh, field oh, oh, at all. He redshirted, okay. Yep. He redshirted, take, okay. Didn't take the field at all. What? Well, well, let me ask you this then. I'm, I'm sure he has the talent, and the potential. Auburn wouldn't have brought him in, but I guess he just ain't got that season and ain't ready yet. Well, who got after that? Uh, fr- got a true freshman in Holden Gurner. He was uh, the first guy to commit to Harson while uh, yep. Harson was the head coach at Auburn. True, true. Uh, he was a four star out of uh, Savannah, Georgia. So, in other words, if Finley don't pan out and goof it up and has to go to the sideline, and then if Calzada is not 100% if, and having problems... If, if things go wrong with three different quarterbacks, then yes, the true freshman is also there. You've got four scholarship guys. So, if Calzada, uh, as far as injury goes, if, he, if that gets bombed up and prevents him from performing, then you're going to be in a, in, a, in, a, in a rough spot. Some would with say. Those younger, with those younger guys... So, in other words, you could be looking at disaster possibly if that happens, right? Well, Calzada and Ashford are actually the same age, aren't they? Because yeah. Calzada is a true sophomore. Yeah. Wow. Well, we're going to see how it unfolds. But, you know, you got those uh, Twinkie games, or cupcake games you got coming up the first couple games of the season. Twinkie I mean, you really games. Find I haven't heard that one before. I like you it. Ain't gonna find, you ain't going to find out nothing there. I so mean, we'll, you we'll know, know on that Penn State game. And you said you'll give us a call after that Penn State game and tell us how you're feeling. I'm going to give you a call. I'm going to tell you how I'm feeling. and uh, You may like it and you might not, but uh, that's what it'll be. But I'll talk yeah. to y'all at that time. Hey, right. you got uh, a big weekend planned? Uh, nah, I'm going to go work tonight and just kind of relax a little bit. It's been a long week. You know, when you're working 60 hours a week, and, at, and especially at 12 hours at night, you know, sometimes that, that put a bummer on your weekend, you know? Right. Well, we, but, res- uh, we respect the work ethic, Anthony. Thanks for the call. Have a I good weekend. It. We'll talk next All week. Right. Thanks, guys. All, All right. right. That's our good buddy, Anthony from Auburn. 
joining us there on the program. 334-887-3401. Let's keep these phone calls moving through. I, I swear, he, he talks about how much his brother loves Auburn football. I think he loves it more than anybody. <laughs> yeah. so he talks about it a lot. You do. Let's, uh, let, let's get a phone call Most in here. Most Bama fans do. James from Montgomery. James, James is on the line. All right, James. Hello, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle, War Eagle buddy. Yeah, I know from that last caller, uh, Anthony, I know he was talking about uh, Zach Calzada. But I think if Zach Calzada, if he, let's just say if he got hurt, like if we if we actually play it like the first season of of the regular season or the 2022 season, and let's just say if he was starting and maybe like, uh, like if his shoulder was hurt or his knee came out, you know, something more that won't put him on the injured list. But I think Zach Calzada is going to be our starter this year. But, I mean, just like he said about the cupcake games, I mean, those games, they're not called cupcake games for a reason. Those are warm-up games, you know, when the actual season starts. Yeah. That's the warm-up games. Let him know, James. Hmm? I said, let them know. Those are warm-up games. Those are not like considered as cupcake games. I don't know where he's getting his um, his schedule from. I don't know if he's getting it from like a newspaper or Twitter or Facebook. Those games are considered warm-up games for Auburn. We're going to win those four games of the season. Or we'll we'll win those four games of the season, and then when the regular season starts, you know, in October and November, those are the games that are going to be on fire for Brian Harson. So we're we're actually if if you split it, like if you draw like a line in the in the first set, like the first set of the schedule, the second set of the schedule, and the last set of the schedule, the last set of that schedule on the 2022 season for Auburn will go 12-7 and seven and make it to the SEC championship game. Mark my words about that. Wow. All right. Mark your words. All right. Because 12 wins and, uh, and, and, and seven losses. Yes. Because, oh, man, that's a, that's a lot you know, of games. Yeah, because, I mean, if I'm looking at the Iron Bowl, that's going to be a real hot ticket right there. No kidding. And I can't because, wait. Because I think, see, all of the Alabama fans they are talking about, they're going to win 12 games. Where, where are they getting these 12 wins from? If you look at it, the University of Alabama has never won 12 games in their SEC conference. I don't know where they're getting this um, information from. I think for Alabama, I will probably see them go like seven and three, or seven and two, or seven and six this year. Just seven wins for Alabama. Yes, and then plus with the Iron Bowl, they'll make eight eight losses in, in the in the loss column as well. Yeah, uh, they they have some cupcake games on their schedule, but you want to call them warm up games, right? Yes, I'll call those like warm up games for Alabama because I think with university the the um, with uh, Utah, I have Utah favored as a blowout on that one. You think Utah State can win by a blowout? Yes. Why? 
Well, because with Utah State, I've looked at their season record last few seasons, and I think Utah State has a good chance to making it to Atlanta. What's in Atlanta? Well, they just have to see if – I mean, Utah State, I would like to see Utah State actually play in Atlanta. So that would give other universities or other schools a chance to play in Atlanta as well. Like in the uh, national championship game? Or what, what game are you talking about playing in Atlanta? Uh, the national championship game. Yeah, that'd be crazy if Utah State got that opportunity. What about Alabama? They've got Austin P on their schedule this year. Now, Austin P, I do see Austin P actually going to Atlanta for the national championship. I've seen like other universities that I'm looking at, like Utah State or uh, Austin P or Texas Longhorns. That those three should be playing in Atlanta, so that can give the announcers enough time to you know talk about another team or you know let another team actually play in Atlanta as well yeah I don't know that Austin P is going to get to play in Atlanta because they're an FCS team James they can't win the uh, college football playoff they play in, in FCS football well yeah they do play in a different division so Correct. I think they they should play like in a neutral FCS site you there know you somewhere Somewhere where they can actually, you know, play, you know, like maybe on their home field as well. Yeah, yep. All right, well, uh, so you think Auburn has got a a good season coming up then, and Auburn's going to beat Alabama this year. Yes, and then when we play um, Penn State, I think that's a night game. I'm not quite sure. 2.30, it's an afternoon game. Unfortunately. So that that one is going to be, if it's a 2.30 kick, I think that's going to be the longest – uh, game ever in person because I mean I'm an Auburn fan but I know one time I was in Jordan Hare Stadium around 2.30 I think we played I, I don't know who we played around the 2.30 kick I, I forgot but the game was long you're saying it, it was long it was like from 2.30 all the way to like 6 7 o'clock that night yeah no sometimes these games can approach 6 hours yes so I, That's I a think, long time. Yeah, and then with the uh, college football playoffs, like I think they should. I know it's in Atlanta every year, but I think next few years, I think they should do them like in neutral sites, you know, like in college stadiums instead of Atlanta because, you know, that's the home of the Atlanta Falcons and the Atlanta United soccer team. And then, you know, that give, that pushes – the Atlanta Falcons that, you know, they're, they have to, you know, prepare for, you know, if they're doing like a college football game in Atlanta, they should just, you know, like prepare that week, you know, like after the college football playoffs is over or the college football uh, season is over, they'll have to take that same field that the Atlanta Falcons are playing on. And then when, once the Falcons are playing on it, you will see like some of the different um, logos still. Like, yeah, like the turf wasn't painted properly. You could still kind of see yeah. it faded. Yeah, and then, you know, when you're watching, like, an Atlanta Falcons game, you're like, didn't they play a college football game last couple of weeks? And these uh Sometimes it was the day before. 
Yeah, and I mean, some of these sports announcers for the NFL, they're always, you know, worried about who's going to play in Atlanta, who's going to play. Worry about the NFL. Don't worry about college football. Worry about who's going to play in a Super Bowl. You know, I mean, they should do. I would like to see the Super Bowl being played in Atlanta as well. Yeah, Atlanta's where the College Football Hall of Fame is, so they got a lot of college football matchups yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah. Fun question. Then, do you think do you think that Auburn could beat the Atlanta Falcons? Um, well, if it was like that, if they were if we okay, to make it into a football standpoint, if Auburn was like in the NFL, I think Auburn would be like I would have to say they would be like uh the Denver Broncos as well. Why? Because with Russell Wilson, I think with Zach Calzada, he reminds me of a little bit of Russell Wilson, and probably I can see a similarity in that in that um, in that line of order yeah. as well. So Auburn might be able to beat the Falcons. The yeah, Falcons don't have well. a quarterback. Well, they don't because I know with Marcus Mariota, I'm just going to see how he's going to do. Yeah, he hasn't been too this. good in his career. Hmm? He hasn't been too good in his career. No, he he really hasn't. So this will be Marcus Mariota's first time ever playing with the Atlanta Falcons. But I think he's going to have Matt Ryan's uh, shadow in the back of him as well because I know that is still Matt Ryan's team as well. Yeah, Matt Ryan now playing for the Colts, but he's always going to be an Atlanta Falcons legend, that's for sure. Yes, as well. And then I'm looking like for next year, in the next few years for the college football uh, playoffs, they should, uh, instead of doing it in Atlanta, I think they should let other college uh, teams actually play in Atlanta as well. I saw that they're going to, in 2026, the college football playoff championship game is going to be in Miami. Yes. That that is still in the process. I um, I think it would be in Miami in 2023. So um, probably like in 2023, I would like to see some different teams actually make it to uh, to Miami, like as Utah well. State. Yeah, like Utah State or um, or like Buffalo Buffalo um, uh, the University of Buffalo. Uh, yeah, they're the Bulls. Um, the Buffalo Bulls, I'll see them. I'll probably see, like, Jacksonville State, Alabama State. Um, That'd be a uh, historic college football playoff. Um, who else is in there that will put in the 2023 um, line in? Does Auburn get to go? Um, yes, they will have to go. Um, I would like to see... Um, uh, TCU? TCU. Uh, Florida Atlantic, Florida A and M, Jackson uh, Jackson State University, something like you know some yeah. of those teams as well, and maybe have like a like a good historic you know matchup as well. Who knows? Who knows? It's been great to hear from you today, James. You got big weekend plans? Um, well, actually, I do. I do indeed. I am actually going to be going back home to Montgomery sometime tomorrow so I can get ready for this um, big race in Walklands Glen. So I'm actually um, locking that down this weekend as well and um, seeing who's going to win in uh, this weekend's race before the playoff spot. And then I'm going to be watching a lot of um, – 
I'm going to be watching my Dallas uh, Cowboys uh, tomorrow and seeing if um, who's going to who's going to actually step up because I know Dak Prescott he won't be uh, he won't be the starter for week two so he would um, be he will be on sideline but he won't be playing so there he gets just to saving, rest yeah so they're saving him up for the big regular uh, season, season opener yeah season opener against uh, Tom Brady as well. So that's going to be a good uh, classic matchup between the Cowboys and the Buccaneers as well. And then uh, Thursday night um, would be their first night ever in Cowboys history to actually wear the authentic throwback uniforms for uh, Thanksgiving weekend against the uh the New York Giants and the Washington Commanders football team as well. Wow, how about that? Yeah. You think the Washington Commanders are going to be good this year? Um, I think they are. I think they I think the Washington Commanders I I see them as a Super Bowl um chance, a Super Bowl chance to actually make it to the Super Bowl this year as well. And then with the NFL coming in, uh next year in 2023 for the college, I mean not for the college football uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame, but for the um, Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, they're actually going to be inducting uh, some of the Cowboys um, players, and for the first time ever in Pro Football Hall of Fame history, there's going to be an announcer that's going to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame next year in 2023. Who is it? Um, they don't know, but it's a special person that's been with um, Fox for over a decade. So I don't know who that person is, but I'll probably know when that time actually comes available as well. That's going to be exciting. That's certainly for sure. That's going to be exciting. Well, yes, I hope that you enjoy your weekend, James. Yes, I am going to enjoy my weekend as well. And then coming up on September the 17th in Canton, Ohio, there's going to be a special concert by the Hall of Fame group, the OJs, will be performing on September the 17th, and tickets are still available for that as well. That's the same day as Auburn versus Penn State. Yes, as well. So I am going to be watching Auburn on CBS, and they are going to be very, very good to actually have the crew out there from CBS to actually do something like that as well. I wish I was there in person, but I'll be out there next year in 2023. I hope y'all yeah. might be out there. We'll say hello as to well. you, man. You got to introduce us to all your friends and family, man. Um, most certainly. I sure would do that. All right. Tell them we said hello and have a great weekend, okay? All right. Sounds good. And War Eagle. War Eagle, indeed. That's our good pal James from Montgomery joining us here on Sports Call. And that brings the second hour of our program to a close. Alongside Cam Berry and Brant Daughtry, my name is JJ Jackson. Two hours in the books, and we're rolling. hours of sports call are finished don't touch that radio dial we've got one more hour to go you're listening to sports call on tiger 95.9 fm wtgz tuskegee auburn and am 620 wtrp lagrange whether you're leaving work cruising around town or listening on demand we've still got some fun left for you 
To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. All right, welcome in. It's hour number three of Sports Call here today. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Cam Berry and Brant Daughtry. The Sports Call podcast brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or you just want to hear something again, make sure that you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola taste the feeling go by your local tk's convenience store find any amazing coca-cola products available to you again i'm jj jackson alongside brant daughtry and cam Barry. as we get the third hour of the program started let's do this we've already finished the first two hours of sports call today <sighs> boy that escalated quickly i mean that really got out of hand fast it jumped up a notch it did didn't it it's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? All right, our Daily Show Recap here today on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Cam, what's happened on the program so far? Oh, man, we have uh, did a little bit of birthdays at the beginning of the show, and then uh, we have taken a bunch of phone, phone calls. Call, phone call, phone, phone calls. calls from everybody, a little you know, a little bit of trash talking through the phone lines, yeah. uh, which is always yeah, fun. Which is always always fun. Um, and yeah, uh, just you know, talking about Auburn football and just what to expect in this upcoming season. And uh, yeah, and, Most and a little certainly bit of going to be a fun series yeah. coming up and yeah. uh, season, I should say. Uh, and then you're right, the Braves they play the Astros in a three game yep. series this weekend. That's going to be exciting. So exciting! Just uh, you know, a, a rematch of the World Series. Just a uh, I think it's only a three-game series, but um, yep. yeah, just you know, hopefully we can uh, show show the, our continuance of power against uh, the Astros because they're a really good team. Mr. Daughtry, how have uh, how's the show been for you so far? Uh, well, kind of quiet you, than than is typical because we've just had the callers doing all yeah. the talking for the most part, which is you know what this show is sports call. Sports you know? call. So we, <laughs> we like to we like to hear what people have to say, uh, but yeah. It's, Looking at that Brave series, you got Kyle Wright going tonight, Spencer Strider tomorrow, and Charlie Morton on Sunday. So, uh, a nice battery of guys uh, that you're throwing at the Astros. But of course, their pitching staff is pretty solid too. So, this should be a very fun series for sure. It's going to be a fun one. We will see what happens when the Braves get set for their series against the Astros here this weekend. JJ yeah. Jackson with Cam Barry and Brant Daughtry. Let's talk college football. Let's, Let's talk about the ACC. I, what I jumps out we to, to you about the ACC this conference, <laughs> Cam? Um, I mean, basically, it's Clemson's Cle- Clemson's conference to lose. You know, I, I don't I don't know if that's how you feel, Brand, but I mean, that's just kind of the way that we kind of chalk up the uh, the ACC uh, this season. Uh, NC State's going to be a pretty good team this year, from what. We've kind of seen, and um, you know, Wake Forest probably would have had a pretty decent season as well um, if it weren't for Sam Hartman. Kind of, you know, the condition that he has, uh, non-football medical condition, uh, which is really unfortunate for him. But uh, yeah, I mean, I would mostly say that it's just Clemson's conference to lose. Yeah, I, I don't totally disagree. Um, I, 
the ACC is not super intriguing it, to me not. as a conference, it, it, and it hasn't been for a while. Because it's only Clemson. It, 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 is, it is only Clemson, and before it was only Clemson, it was only FSU. Yeah. Um, I, so I do think it is Clemson's to lose. I, uh, I'm wondering, I know Ryan Lavoie is uh, not super high on North Carolina's chances of winning the division, of winning the conference, but certainly thinks that they can be good. Uh, Miami has been the darling for a lot of people. A lot of yeah. people are high Miami, on the Miami Hurricanes yeah, and uh, Cristobal and Mario I mean, Cristobal, who I, I think I, I think is a good football yeah. coach. I think he's going to fit well with Miami. Of course, I could be very wrong. I have yeah. absolutely no idea. He's, I mean, they're projected. It looks like to finish nine and four. Yeah. Um, which is first in the Coastal Division, so that would put them in the ACC championship game. But yeah, man, they, they'd be facing off against Clemson. I, I'll tell you what, Ryan and I were did our uh, superlative show yesterday, right? And we had most overrated and most most underrated, and we both touched on the Pitt Panthers. I think they're number seventeen in the preseason AP poll, yeah. and after losing Kenny Pickett uh, the way they did, and and losing Jordan Addison, uh, right. And like and, those yeah. two losses, that huge. It's interesting to me that Pitt is rated that high. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not too high on Pitt. You know, losing essentially your probably your best two. Yeah, your, you your best your two offense. players. I mean, you know, I, I don't. They got you to an ACC championship. I feel like that's kind of the ceiling for Pitt at that point. Um, you know, they that's probably about as as successful as they're going to be. Um, I mean, the rest of this conference is just kind of not that interesting you know just uh really a hodgepodge of of average teams to say the least yeah it's interesting talking about other teams that we don't expect to win the division georgia tech is a very interesting team to me and not because i think they're going to be good in fact i think they're probably going to be terrible yeah but i'm interested to see their head who's their what's their head guess jeff collins i remember when jeff collins got announced to georgia tech a lot of people said and, that was a good hire, right? Yeah, I thought it was a good hire. I didn't know much about him, but everybody told me that it was, so I started to believe him. It he promised to bring 21st century football to Atlanta, Georgia. Right, to change um, their offense for yeah, sure to, because to become <laughs> to become a quote-unquote real offense um even though I will fight tooth and nail for the triple option. I think the triple option's beautiful. <laughs> but I wonder why. Yeah, well I, I, I ran the wing T in high school, man. I it wasn't it wasn't a triple option wing T, but we did run that formation. Uh oh, that was a fun time. Anyway <laughs> I you know Georgia Tech, their their head coach. Me, I mean, I, I've got the Athlon. I've yeah. got the Athlon magazine in front of me. I understand it's Georgia Tech, but you've had three years. That's a full recruiting yes, cycle. Yes. And you're nine and twenty five. Yeah, that's. I mean, just... you're you're. Let's let's look at the other side. Your leading quarterback attempted 188 passes, completed 113 for 1400 yards. 1400 yards is not bad for that little of a that those few attempts. It's very small sample size. Yeah. yeah. But you you went. 12 for you went 12 touchdowns seven interceptions that's not good no and then apparently you played your backup a lot he he had 153 attempts 91 completions 908 yards six touchdowns three 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 interceptions so like i i understand that it's tough when the triple option is what you are known for to try and bring 21st century offense into into this old dna and you knew it was going to be a rough transition period, right. but at some point you have to start seeing something pay off. Yeah, got got to see some some movement, just anything. Obviously, you're you're probably 
not going to be Georgia, you know, pro- probably never going to be Georgia just because of how well they've, they've been doing um, and probably will continue to do in the future. Um, that's the, that's another very interesting thing to me. You know, is like you're in the same state, state as the team that just won the college football national championship. It, it's just so different. Georgia Tech is viewed so different than Georgia like and it always has been Georgia Tech oh yeah has always been that academic school that you know I mean extremely prestigious don't get me wrong their, like a their very, fight song for those who do not know says hell of an engineer like, right that's now, what I they're mean, known for on, they like, sing that at football games a bunch of geniuses really go to Georgia Tech don't Absolutely. get me wrong you know just not really known as much of a sports school in general so for football like you know, they've had their good years. They had, you know. They've had some good they, basketball years They've as had well. good basketball years. Um, I think baseball, they were they were okay. Um, football. But football's they had, had their, football's fo- had their time in yeah, the I mean, sun. I mean, they had Calvin. They did have Calvin Ridley. Yeah, uh, or no, not no, Calvin Ridley. Ga- uh, Johnson. Calvin Johnson. <laughs> Thank you. Goodness. Megatron. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's just, you know, what more can you do? Where 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 are your expectations for how Georgia Tech moving forward is going to build a at least somewhat decent and respectable program? That's where you're trying to go, and I, I just don't really know how you do that when you're competing with the likes of UGA for every five-star recruit in the state. You need, here's the thing, though. Playing in the ACC— Or, or even a four-star, you three-star don't need, You don't need five stars. No, you need you three stars. But when you're building I, a program the way Georgia Tech's trying to— you need players that are good enough. You don't need cream of the crop. Like that comes fifteen years down the road when I, you've I, made a name for yourself. You need you need division one college football player. I mean, if you even want to compete within your conference, though, if you, I mean, the cream of the crop in the ACC is Clemson. That's right? it. So if you want to compete compete against Clemson, you got to get. The big you got to get the five star guys because that's your only chance of beating Clemson if you want to win your conference. But again, I'm not so even how do you tier the league currently? How do you tier the league? Uh, let me look. Let me. Is Clemson truly here? The pro. I mean, Clemson, Miami is Clemson making is, a major. Surge. Miami is. My, Miami. State Miami is, is is very talented. And then Florida State has always had the history behind their program, but they're a dumpster fire. They're not right doing now. too well they're, right Mike, now. Mike Norvell is on. We Wake didn't Forest mention him NC yesterday. State. But. There were five teams in the ACC that were in the preseason top 25 poll. Obviously, you've got the Clemson Tigers like we've talked about. Right. Then you've got Miami, NC State, Wake Forest, and Pitt. Pat Narduzzi went all the way and won the ACC with Kenny Pickett a season ago. Keaton Slovis was the USC quarterback. He comes over to play for Pitt this year, but you lose Jordan Addison in the transfer portal who kind of just switched schools yeah. with Keaton Slovis. Yeah, pretty much. And now he's at, at USC. Yep. So um, how would you tier the Atlantic Coast Conference right now? I think Clemson's in a class of its own. Okay. Who's um, in the I, class right below them then? Uh, I'd NC say State. NC State, North Carolina, maybe Miami. <sighs> it's, I, it's it's so tough to call a first-year head coach. I understand everyone thinks Mario Cristobal is a good head coach. I think he is. I can put but Miami. But I'm, I'm not willing to stamp, yes, Miami's going to be good. Because they have Mario Cristobal. In, in, Tyler Van Dyke at quarterback for Miami came on late yeah. throughout the season in, last in, year. In, good. in tier two, I would have put I would put Miami and NC State, and I would have also put Wake Forest had Sam Hartman not had the issues that he had. I would have put them right. all three in a tier two. And uh 
you then know, everybody else below. everybody else yeah. is just below and they're just irrelevant in my in my case which i mean even louisville like they you know they they try and they can they've, be they've had good years yeah, they, they have they a had, heisman they, winner they recently. have a high i mean you know they had lamar and you know they kind of tried to prototype that and and continue to run and get players that are like lamar lamar-esque yeah. um with malik cunningham he's a little um, bit he's a little bit of a different yeah and he, he's a little yeah where does athlon have florida state they have they have them fourth in the Atlantic Division, seven okay. and five, five and five and three in the conference. I, and yeah, I, Mike Norvell, Ryan and I did not mention him when we talked about hottest coaching seat yesterday, but he's got to be up oh, there. Oh yeah, uh, easily. Yeah, hey, we, right? we talked because about. Uh, I'm, not, I'm just Brian Harson, Scott Frost, and um, I don't think I mentioned Herm Edwards. He he like came across my my brain for a minute, but Mike. Mike Norvell, eight and thirteen in two years at Florida State, at a program like that, third year is hot seat. Third, all third all. year's you gotta, a prove it year. You got to you got to do year. something. All in all, you this is Clemson's a, league. We agree game. on that. Yes. absolutely. Yeah. Talk more about the ACC as college football season continues to get near. Let's take a timeout. This is Sports Call. the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. All right, welcome into Sports Call, WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson inside the studio with Cam Berry and Brandt Autry. Final hour of the program. Again, about an hour from now, we'll have pregame coverage of Beauregard High School as they get set to take on the uh, Selma. They'll take on Selma High School a little <laughs> bit later in, uh, in the, the program. Selma. The Selma. The Selma. Forgot their mascot. Um, let's move on. Pac-12, we're talking college football ahead of the upcoming 2022 season, the Pac-12 Conference. Cam, I started with you on the ACC. Brant, I'll start with you. When you think about the Pac-12 football in 2022, what comes to mind? Uh, Selma is the Saints. Um, Oregon should have won it last year. Okay, that's Um, what comes to mind. Yeah, and and bad quarterback play kind of took them out of it. Really, Bo Nix is what comes to mind. I think Bo Nix is an upgrade for them. I think they will win the Pac-12 this year. Um, I think it'll be them in Utah. I think Utah is a very, very good football team. Um, and honestly, that's too close to call. I understand that USC has aspirations, um, and I think that I think they're a year or two out still. Um, I, I, I understand that they got absolutely everybody they wanted in the transfer uh. portal. I think they're going to be really, really good. Uh, but I, I still think Utah takes that division over them. Uh, and I think Oregon is kind of the, the lone big dog in the other division. So I think it'll be Oregon versus Utah. And while I am picking Oregon, I think that Utah-Oregon game is going to be very, very close, very tight. And that's going to be the, the battle tight. that decides it. Tight and high scoring. That's going to be. Should be. Oh, my gosh. So so many points are going to be scored. Is that what you um, think, Utah and Oregon? Or what else do you think? Uh, I mean, I think USC definitely has a chance to – 
to do. They something. have a chance. Don't yeah, get me I wrong. Mean, they have they have just a top three I mean, quarterback in college football. Literally every yes, a top quarterback. They have everybody they want. Um, I'm trying to see. I'm trying to find the the. Oh nope, lost it. Um, well, with USC, I mean, they just. I mean, they have all the talent. You know, they have the the coaching as well. The coaching talent. You know, uh, I just don't see why they can't win their uh, their division. Uh, but Utah is a really talented team. I agree. They're they're going to be very very good. A very tough out this year. Um, they're going to have a big test right out of the gate. Honestly, same with Oregon. Um, Oregon's going to go against Georgia at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And, let, let me stress. Well, I think Utah, Oregon can win the Pac-12. That Georgia game is going to be very tough. Very very tough. And it's going to be in Atlanta. Oh my gosh. Might as well yeah. call it a UGA. It's home it's game. a it's a it's a Georgia home game. Yeah. You. I mean, honestly, um, Utah has to go to Florida. Um, to begin the season and that's going to be a test um, maybe not your traditional as tough as you know some games but you still got to go to the swamp and that's a tough tough place to play and you're playing an SEC opponent um, in Florida um, so it, you know it's kind of between those three teams really that I wouldn't there's nobody else really here that kind of jumps out to me that might stand a chance um, it's really just Utah, USC, and Oregon. Between those three, it's it's that top tier, and then everybody else. So those would be the three yeah. in that top tier. Yeah, you yeah. agree with that? I, I agree with that. Okay. Uh, Who's well, on the outside trying to make the climb up to the next step? Looking at it, I know UCLA uh, is is kind of Chip Kelly, man. Yeah, they're they're holding on to the coattail. They're holding on to the coattails of of USC. And, and I really thought Chip Kelly Ten. was going to make some moves. I did too. That guy was so good with Oregon, right? Yeah, and he was. it's I Los was Angeles. Gonna, I thought you know, he was it's California. I wonder if UCLA. he has the same I wonder if he has the same issue that Gus Malzahn had in that while his offense was, was yeah. Uh, they figured it, it out. Yeah, it it was what am I it was cutting edge. It was breaking news. It was very very different a decade ago. It's twelve years later, and you know Chip Kelly went to the went to the NFL, and now he's back in college football because it didn't work up there, and now it hasn't really worked here either. And Gus Malzahn's offense started to work less, so I'm I'm wondering if you kind know the same is issue. he is he having the same issue of just not being able to adapt as well, and it's just not showing itself in quite the same way because he's in the Pac-12 and not the SEC. Uh, if we're looking at other second tier teams, I know Washington has a lot of history. I like Washington a lot. I think you can win at yeah. Washington. Yeah. But uh, you, you've, I don't know. It's, the Pac-12 is such. It's, it's very, very it's a weak, top heavy. It's a weak division. Yeah. yeah. And it's a top-heavy division. You've got three teams that maybe can compete. And, and with, really and really, USC, USC is just coming on this year. Yeah. we And like know? we have no idea if it's going to work at USC. Right. We all think it will. Right. We have no reason to think it won't. But the fact is we haven't seen it work yet, so we don't know if it will or not. It's just, yeah, I agree. It, it, there's really no team that can just kind of fight their way in there. Just, I just don't see it happening. I just, what the heck has happened at Stanford? It's a great yeah, question because I, we're looking at, yeah, because I'm looking at this recruit recruiting. Are they are they a top twenty program all time? Like all time, ignoring <sighs> ignoring very recent history. The the Cardinal, very good, but they've been very not good lately. Where does Athlon have the Cardinal finishing? They have them, I think, middle last, of their division. Is it last of their division? Phil yeah, Steele has Stanford finishing fourth in the Pac-12 yeah, North, Athlon, but Athlon's yeah. a little bit. Has them Ath- finishing Athlon has four them and eight, yeah, in their division. Four, four and eight, four three and eight, and six in the di- in the yeah. division. 
or in the conference, excuse me. So not good. Since since the days of Andrew Luck, uh, just not great at Stanford. Yeah, looking at, I mean, they've got, we talked, you said you guys were talking a good bit about BYU yesterday. Right. They've got BYU on the schedule. They obviously have Notre Dame on the road for Stanford this season, uh, playing UCLA and USC. Uh, tough, tough tests ahead for, for, I hadn't thought about them in a while. And, and David Shaw still, yeah, nor should 12th you. year, 12th year there at Stanford. But again, last season went three and nine. Yeah. Look, he's he's overall ninety three and forty five, and that's a really good eleven year record. Like it's not going to turn many heads, but you're winning twice as many games as you lose. That's very solid. Yeah. But they've just been really, really bad the last couple of years. Yeah. With the, I mean, with USC, they only have three returning starters coming back on defense, but their entire, almost their entire offensive line is coming back, um, and they return two wide right receivers, and then obviously they add the Blitnikoff winner um, in Jordan Addison, and then they add. Um, Caleb Williams. So that I mean, that's just he's gonna have protection. Didn't they add a running back much. too? And uh, they had they added Die. Yep. See, see or, um, uh, yeah, it was Die. It was Travis Travis Die. They added Die, and then he was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, understatement. Just like they got everybody they wanted. Uh, you know, yeah, and and Lincoln Riley. I mean, he's a successful head coach. You know, we I yeah. he did it with Oklahoma. I don't see why he wouldn't do it with USC. Um, this is a historic program, and I think he chose to come here for a reason. I think he likes California, and, I mean, they have a plethora of football talent, and I think he's just going to tap into that and build probably his own dynasty there at USC and kind of bring them back into the spotlight yeah. of greatness. Can I can I tell you all something that has nothing to do with this, but I just remembered and feel like saying to the universe? Sure. My favorite rivalry game to watch is USC versus UCLA. I love it. I love that game. Really? I think it's the best uniform matchup in yeah, sports. It's pretty cool. In, I will say. In like basketball, football, baseball, everything, that color matchup is insane, and I love it. I like it just visually. Yeah. And I, I mean, in all sports, I like that matchup because we talk about. It's fun. In we were basketball. talking about fan bases Very fun a little bit earlier, you know, and, and uh, granted, in Los Angeles. There are way more important things than USC and UCLA. Yeah. Like pro sports to most people, yeah. the Lakers, the Dodgers. You've yeah. you've got all what? You've got like teams. nine pro sports. It's overwhelming. Teams total. It's yeah, really yeah. overwhelming. Yeah, fo- football's not really. How many NBA but, teams are in California? Because you got four. Sacramento, Golden State, um, Lakers, Clippers, and Clippers. Clippers. Okay, four. so there's four in that one state. That's that's insane. It's a lot yeah. of teams. They've got like five baseball teams. They do. <laughs> it's crazy, and then they have two pro football teams, right? They both had teams th- in LA yeah, now. Yeah, both teams in LA. they had three at one point. Yeah, man, with the Oakland Raiders. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Hockey's got a couple of Los Angeles teams. Yep. Um, what is it? The they've got the Anaheim Ducks. The Anaheim and then they've Ducks. They've got the LA yep. Kings. The the Anaheim Ducks, who I follow on Twitter because of a dumb joke that was made on this show like three weeks ago. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. I, I still follow the Anaheim Ducks. Thank you, man. We got to find a way to make that <laughs> up and relevant once we get closer to the hockey season. I have never watched. That's not true. I watched some playoff hockey. It's very entertaining. I also watched some playoff hockey. Um, I was going to make a point about USC and UCLA, and now I've forgotten it. <laughs> they look, but awesome. again, it, I mean, it's they're huge schools in yes. Los Angeles. Yeah. Like yes. that's really yeah. they're a major city already. Yeah, and you've got two major universities that are going head to head against one another. Yeah, and I mean, it's one of the prop. Uh, it might be. It is probably the oldest, 
if not one of the oldest rivalries that we have in college football. Um, USC is obviously an extremely historic program. They've they've won a lot. Um, UCLA, I don't know as much if they have, um, but I know they've been around for a long time. And I know with basketball they are. Um, and same with USC. So it, it's just – We'll see. We just got to see. I, I, but like I said, it's just going to be those three teams. It's going to be USC. It's going to be Oregon. And it's going to be um, Utah. And, and that's it, really, to to round out the Pac-12. Phil Steele giving us some love here uh, in his magazine. Again, find his college football preview uh, wherever you get your magazines. Barnes & Noble, all the big bookstores, uh, some of the grocery stores starting to get them as well. He was on our show last week. Go listen to that conversation on the Sports Call podcast. USC has won the victory bell. That's their trophy against UCLA, 46 of 83 meetings since it was first awarded in 1943. But also for USC, remember their last game of the year, their major rivalry game is against Notre Dame. They've played Notre Dame since 1946 every year, except for 2020 in the COVID season. Uh, but uh, yeah, that USC Notre Dame game, we've seen a lot of those epic matchups. I don't ever think over of that years. as like a big time rivalry either. either. Yeah, but it makes because it, it's not like geographically, I guess. It it doesn't. I yeah. saw a little bit more of it in the Manti Teo documentary. That uh, again. Yeah, I have, I've not watched that. Heard watch it. it. I heard it was. Great. I've heard it's very good. I'm probably going to watch it's it tonight or tomorrow. Really good stuff. Where can I watch it? Netflix. Got it. Yep. Oh, two yeah. one it's hour on episodes. Oh, two, it's just two hours. Book. It's only two. It's I mean, I, you knock it out back to back. I'm it's in yeah. Very easy. It's and it's enjoyable and. Manti Teo speaking out on it for the first time in like nine years. Manti is like a big part in it. They 100%. didn't go like over his oh, head. Yeah. This is the first this. time he's ever really spoke about it. Yeah, it's a uh, really, really, really I good stuff. I loved him at Notre Dame, man. He was what a so player. fun to watch. Um, so Oregon, Utah. That's how we're and USC. who is that? Oregon, USC, Utah, USC, yeah. USC. I, is, I can't wait to USC, see Lincoln Riley at USC. Yeah, USC. I, open parentheses question mark close parentheses for me. I, <laughs> I mean, I just feel like. <laughs> He's gonna come in. He's already he's already landed so many transfers, you know, and already a top recruiting yeah. class. Like he's already bring bringing in all these guys, and it's just I just think he's gonna turn that program around in like two years. Let me get one more follow up here. So you want USC and Utah tier one, right? And Oregon. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. You want Oregon Utah tier one? Yes. And you just put a question mark there with US, USC, <laughs> right? So. Is there like a stairway up from tier two to tier one? Would you put them on the stairway moving up, or are you okay to go ahead and I, have so, they reached the first floor? So for the purposes of this very stupid exercise, right? Um, I'm going to say that they are my t- that Oregon and Utah are tier one A, ah, and USC is tier one B. Fair. Yeah, I would on put the way on, up. I would put them on the stairway. Yeah, I would. They're I would, on the way up. I would do that for I'm sure, just because up. we don't exactly know. We're just kind of speculating how we think. Uh, Lincoln Riley's going to do at USC, but I mean, I'm I would feel uh, fairly confident that he's going to turn them into a a winning and dominant program that's probably going to run the Pac-12 for a little bit. Let's take our final break of today's edition of Sports Call. When Until we come they go back, to the Big Ten. we got the nightly TV guy. Yeah, that's coming too. Big changes in the world of college football. Quick break. We're back in a moment here on Tiger ninety five point nine FM. Follow us on Twitters. 
Follow our sports call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? This is Andy Bertram, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson, Cam Berry, and Brant Daughtry. Fun Friday show. It has flown by as we've talked about a little bit, guys. I mean, man, oh man. Feels like we just got started and now here we are at the buzzer, the final yeah, horn right. for today's edition here on Sports Call. All We're right. And it's over. As our show gets ready to come to a close, it's a Friday. You know what that means, right, Brant? I always. Of yep, course you do. Yep. Sports calls, what to watch for over yep. the weekend. Sports calls, what to watch for was, over the weekend. I was on my phone because I'm bad at my job. Well, it's time to talk about what to watch for over the weekend. Let's do it. I think and the Braves have a big series, a World Series rematch. Yeah. <laughs> this is a disaster. Uh, Where yeah. did you think we were going? Uh, Manti Teo. Okay, you give me that. You can watch that. Okay, that yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch that, but I'm also going to watch the Braves. Like I said, Kyle Wright. Uh, Spencer Strider, Charlie Morton, three really good starters, all going for the Braves this weekend. You Watch. like Kyle Wright a lot. I love Kyle Wright. <laughs> yeah. He's a stud, man. That guy is great. I want Kyle Wright to I pitch like a Spencer's- lot of innings in the month. <laughs> in this month. I love. I like Kyle Wright. I love Spencer Strider. It's the mustache. Dude, it's the mustache and the personality it? and the fact that he's like six foot, hundred ninety pounds, and, and can throw a hundred so, for so, his hundredth pitch. So that's what I was about to say. So. So I went to the game when I went to the Mets game um, on Monday on, on, on Monday and watched Strider pitch. That was my first time ever seeing seeing Strider pitch. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Seeing that, like actually seeing the ball and when it comes out of his hand, it goes to the plate. Right. Baseball is impossible. It's Luigi from Super Mario Brothers throws 100 going, miles an hour. <laughs> he was going 98, 98, 98. Hunted. I was like, oh my gosh. Dude. And like, then he's got a slider that that's ball, nasty, and he's working on a changeup that's and, good, too. And that ball and I, was I getting like the there so fast. Yeah, man. So fast. It's moving at 100 miles I mean, an hour. Oh, my gosh, man. I just was like, that's absolute. It's not it, flat, it's, either. It's, it's got it's, some life to it. It's just crazy because you know it's 100 miles an hour. You know like you know that he's, you know that he's pitching it, but actually seeing it just side to side, mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing, and I'm just like, I don't understand how anybody hits this kid. What to watch for over the weekend? Tons of preseason games in the NFL. Tonight, Panthers-Patriots, Saints-Packers, Texans-Rams. Tomorrow, Broncos-Bills, Lions-Colts, Commanders-Chiefs, Bucks-Titans, Raiders-Dolphins, Niners-Vikings, Steelers-Jaguars, Cowboys-Chargers, and then, of course, our Atlanta Falcons don't play again until Monday. Not one starting quarterback will play in any of those games. We're getting closer to the start of the football season. That we are. We have to check off the second preseason I game feel so that yeah. we can then check off the third preseason Correct. game and be able to say, okay, here we go. And I then I will start watching. Feel it. We're close. We're, We're close, man. I, lo- I love football. I hate the preseason because all it is, <sighs> it's like it's like you're starving and you finally have food. 
but that food is like the the little corner of a saltine cracker. <laughs> like, like I want I want something and like we have Brant, something. Brant wants sustenance. I want real football. Dang it. Uh, Brant, anyway, I'll get, I'll get off my soapbox. For you and I, uh, UFC 278, Kamaru yes. Usman, Leon Edwards. Kamaru Usman, appointment Second television. Fight. You're going to be tuned in? Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be pretty epic. Salt Lake City, Utah, hosting the event. And Are Kamaru really? Usman, Usman excuse me, is uh, the favorite in that one. The Mormons getting some combat sports? And then Cam, LeBron James is going to play in the crossover tomorrow. Is he? Yeah. With oh, DeJounte Murray, Chet Holmgren, what? Jamal Crawford. He's uh, another pro am for yeah. the summer. LeBron hasn't what, done this in what, years. No, what an eclectic group years. of guys oh that is. Gosh. What he hasn't done these pro am tours in years. So, so long, probably to, since since the lockout. Right, probably exactly. Yeah. That is the last time it happened for oh him. Oh my gosh! So a little bit of change of yeah, pace for, there him, for LeBron. For him to show his face like this, you know, I think he's just. You can tell that LeBron's nearing the end of his career because he's coming out and doing stuff like this, kind of. I wouldn't say lackadaisical, but, you know, just a little bit more carefree um, with himself because I think he just wants, you know, every fan to be able to experience him. Like, I've never seen LeBron play. I would love to see LeBron We got to change that. I would love to see LeBron. Like, I have, I, I regret, one of my biggest regrets is never seeing Kobe play live. And... Yeah, you can't yeah. let this happen. I, you, I, yeah. I have Let's just to make see, a sports I call trip to go see LeBron play. I remember LeBron play. He's a couple playing, of years ago. They my, played uh, December 30th in Atlanta this year. Do that's, they really? Yes, I that's already LeBron's know That's LeBron's birthday. I already know the that's date. That's LeBron's birthday. <laughs> I need to celebrate LeBron's birthday <laughs> no, with you. No, you don't. Are you serious? That I was yeah, curious no, when I'm they serious. were playing it's, it. It's December 30th. I'm yeah. there. This I'm is, the, dude, we're making this happen. Yeah. We are celebrating LeBron's birthday with him. It's also Tiger Woods' birthday and Trevon Reed's birthday. True. It's a great day. It's a great day. It's a that great a, birthday that day. That is a loaded Very birthday day. day. Yeah. Carson Wentz also has a birthday that day. Also <laughs> is a professional athlete. Right. <laughs> yeah. Bi- yeah big, I didn't big know day. that it was. Yeah. It's December 30th. <laughs> I, uh, my church had a, had a trip to go see the Cavaliers and the Hawks play. This was obviously back when LeBron was with the Cavaliers. And the day of, I slept in and forgot, so I didn't get to go on that trip. Oh. So you need to be a part of the trip then. Dude. You need to be a part of the trip, Brandon. Yeah, I would love to be a part of the trip. That's okay. big time. Uh, yeah, I, Let's hey, go, man, LeBron. And we, you're if, a Hawks fan. I'm, I'm a Hawks fan. I'm go not going to be cheering yeah, for I will, LeBron. I will be definitely cheering for the Hawks, but... I don't um, have any Hawks gear, though, so we're going to have to change that. We time. can make that happen. Yeah, we can, we, can, we can make that happen. I have Give me a very... Can I swag you out in some Falcons gear, too? I have. I actually don't have any Falcons gear. What? Yeah, we got oh, the only gear I have is Auburn stuff. We got sw- I'm gonna swag Brand out. We're gonna swag. Him out. Do you have Falcon stuff to give me? I could find some. All right, if you want to pay for it, <laughs> find some. I like taking care of people. I have a I, lot. I, of I will be taken gear. care of. <laughs> yeah. All right, and I will go see a Hawks Lakers game with you guys. Okay, that perfect. Is, Let's uh, in State Farm. Let's on LeBron's birthday. On Let's LeBron's give our birthday. TV guy on LeBron's birthday. Our show is about to end. But we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. Nightly TV Guide brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. What's on the television tonight, Brant? We have some Little League World Series action, 6 p.m. on ESPN, getting closer and closer to the World Series, uh, the final of the World Series, I should say. On Bali Sports Southeast, we'll have the Houston Astros at... The Atlanta Braves, 620 Let's rematch. Let's go. Rematch of last year's World Series. Uh, very, very fun Can't World wait. Series. 
Uh, on TNT at 6:25, the worst movie I've ever watched, Suicide Squad. Oh, um, the worst movie. Yeah, you've that ever movie's watched? very, it's very a big bad. Superhero fan it's movie. Not great. I've never seen Suicide what? Squad. It's I, it just, was, it's I mean, so it, bad. I mean, it's never watched. It's not great. It's so bad. But I, I it's the only nah. it's the only movie I ever sat through. The, I ever like the credits started rolling and I was insulted. I love Will Smith, so I I, I love Will Smith too. And Margot Robbie's really good. Yeah, and only Robbie. redeeming you know, qualities yeah, of that movie. I agree because we don't even. Uh, acknowledge Jared Leto's Joker. No, Jared Leto's Joker doesn't exist. <laughs> USA at 6.30, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. The worst book, but a worst Harry Potter book, but a pretty good movie uh, if you're into fantasy and magic and those kind of things. Um, and at 7 p.m. on FS1, kind of an off-the-wall pick, NHRA Drag Racing. A little Brian nice. Harson special for you there. Would you ever consider doing that? Here's the numbers. Covering Doing a drag what? strip okay, okay. in less than 3.7 seconds at more than 330 miles per hour. No. That's I do the not, racing tonight no. on FS1. I am not no. an adrenaline junkie. I do yeah. not handle high speeds very well. I'm good. <laughs> I like, so fast! I like That's 3.7 seconds at more than 330 yeah. miles per hour. I, I enjoy a good roller coaster, but... You know, that's a little too fast. We're, we're I passing have, on the track yeah. racing. I yeah. have ridden in a stock car before. Yeah. And that, like, the G-force of that was enough to make me go, I don't love this. <laughs> no. It was, it was like 120 a miles an hour. I don't love this. Yeah, more than three times that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no. Oh, man. Thanks for being here, Brant. Thank you for having Camp, me. Camp, thanks for being here as well. Yes, sir. Glad Another to be here. Another show coming up on Monday. A short show on Monday. Only a two-hour event before the Falcons game get started. Pre-season. Thanks again to everybody who tuned in and called into Sports Call here today alongside Cam Berry and Brant Daughtry. My name is JJ Jackson. Have a great weekend. Thank you and good day.